He goes, who do you think is the best tag team of all time? And I went, hmm. I go, see, that's a good question. And right away, somebody goes, it's the Road Warriors. And I was like, oh, my God, it's not the Road Warriors. <laughs> and then I had to go into my freaking diet drive about the Road Warriors. <laughs> we, we all know that the correct answer is Money, Inc. Because they were fighting champions on TV every week. <laughs> <laughs> Defending the straps against Dwayne Gill and Barry Hardy. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 110 of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and today we march forward into the month of July in 1992 for the July 4th, 1992 Superstars. So we're only a year away from the USS Intrepid, but we'll be moving on to other things by that point. But there's nobody I would rather have on this journey, as I've recently returned from Nashville and Cincinnati, then my amigo, my compadre, my best friend in the whole world, a man who is the sun that shines bright on my old Kentucky home, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? I'm wonderful, Pete, and how are you? Ba ba ba. The sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home. Ba 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 ba. Trust yes. me, it'll be funny when I'm an old man. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I don't know that song, but I was going to go, take me home, country roads, to the place, Pete belongs. Anyway, um, that's yeah, West no, that was, that's West Virginia. It was I, West Virginia. Well, I know, but you've been to West Virginia before, correct? Sa- sadly, I have, yes, because that's where Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment went to college for a while. Yeah, it was an interesting right? experience. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you went out to... You went out to Nashville. Uh, I believe you did not have any barbecue, to my knowledge, right? Uh, well, it, that depends how you define the term barbecue. Did did I have like ribs? No, but I had, you know, certain sides that you might get at oh. a barbecue. Okay. All the right. Best, the best thing I ate in Nashville was the uh, redneck lo mein at yeah. the a- Acme Feed and Seed. Yes, <laughs> which 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 was which was lovely. I, I was down there with your friend and mine, uh, John Tabato, and I said oh. that this is a time that I could actually use the phrase in context. I gotta go meet John down the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Why is somebody chasing me in my rental car as I drive across Nashville? I don't know. What I really liked was that you were at the Feed and Seed, you know, formerly known as the uh, <laughs> the what was it? The Chuck's. <laughs> it was like Chuck's. Uh, fucking suck was that what it was supposed to be <laughs> I, I i i know nothing of that sort i know nothing of that sort <laughs> yeah um yeah so overall i believe now the funny thing was that you were texting me live while the summer slam was going on and i kept telling you that i wasn't watching it and then you <laughs> and then you kept you but the best part was you kept getting upset because you were like all these jokes i have are gonna fall flat yeah <laughs> I know. I was like, what am I going to bounce this off of? And then smash cut to 24 hours later, Sunday in Nashville. A lot of the wrestling fans there want to go to Ric Flair's organized elder abuse. But I didn't go to that, okay? Instead, I drove 
four hours across a time zone line to Cincinnati to go to the Reds Orioles game. And then after the game, about a half hour, I drive driving through Kentucky. I call you up on the phone and just start berating everything about this Reds Orioles game that you definitely did not watch. Like, yeah, the SummerSlam thing. Yeah, I, I, I could I could get that. Why? Uh, why you weren't interested in maybe watching that, at least the whole thing. That's a no go. Yeah, that's what you said to me. But uh, like, I, I expected you to at least tune in for you know the main event, dip in every now and then. But a Reds Orioles game, you don't even give a flying flippity fuck about anything that goes on within a hundred miles of that stadium. Well, I will say that oddly enough, uh, I did do the same exact thing with the Reds Orioles game that I did with with SummerSlam, which was I just kept going online to seeing what the updates were because <laughs> I knew. Hey, I had vested interest in that game. My buddy was there. My BFF, my per- very close personal longtime friend was in attendance. I wanted to see if anything of note was happening. You know, like, were you going to go to the game and see, uh, you know, seven solo home runs by the Orioles only for them to lose eight to seven? I wanted to know <laughs> if this was going to happen. Come on, they're, they're not the Angels. And besides, that game, I, I kept laughing, too, because it was like 0-0 zero, zero the sixth thing. I'd be like, did I fucking drive here? Four hours each way to go to a one nothing game that where the one run will score like a sacrifice fly or some shit. <laughs> Great, wonderful. A, a passed ball, like the fucking lamest way. A, a balk. The sc- <laughs> it would have been. It would have been a walk to first. Then a uh, what, what's it when the what's it when the um, catcher does it, like just allows the guy to steal second. Uh, defensive indifference. Yeah, yeah. Two defensive indifferences and then a balk. <laughs> that's how the run scored. That's got to be the worst way to score a run. Yeah. Well, it, it, at least the, there there was scoring late in the game, which coincided with the sun coming out. I was afraid that there was going to be a rain delay there. Mm. Not o- not only for the baseball game, although for the baseball game I was more concerned because of how far I had to travel. But uh, SummerSlam Saturday, it, it it was hot in Nashville. It, it, it but it, it did not rain. At all, you weren't concerned about the amount of you weren't concerned about the amount of travel you had to take to get to Nashville. <laughs> well, I was already there. I mean, I, oh, could, well, well. I, I could walk to the stadium. I mean, that ah. that's what that's what we did. I had a rental car, but ah. to to drive my car approximately you know three quarters of a mile to the stadium and pay to park would have been idiotic. But yes, I could I could walk there, and yes. the stadium was like your average generic NFL stadium. Oh yeah, is is what it was. Yes, and and t- Tennessee uh, is is not exactly the most friendly place for certain um, substances of uh, adultivity. Yeah, things to uh, partake upon. Well, well, basically, I was uh, without n- naming what such things were. I was walking across the pedestrian bridge on my way to the stadium, mm-hmm. and I had the item in question in my hand. And I was actually just about done with it. There was maybe, you know, one more, let's say, drag that was left. And I saw two cops on a bike about 50 feet ahead of me. <laughs> so so I just turned to my right and, and, and threw the damn thing into the river like I was Jesus. that old broad from uh, Titanic. <laughs> Throw it. <laughs> and, and then quickly went across to the other side of the uh, walkway uh, away from uh, the uh, Cabanari or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, because I've heard that getting arrested in 
Nashville is like getting arrested, getting a, getting arrested in Nashville while holding on to some controlled, well, sort of controlled substance is like getting arrested in uh, Russia for having a vape pen. So you don't uh, want to get nine years. You don't, you, want, you don't want to get nine years, and you certainly don't want to get another amount of sentencing that could happen. You know, I heard that if you get arrested in Nashville, there's a good possibility that you're going to serve, um, geez, how many years is it? <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's as bad as it used to be. 20 fucking years. I could do that, but I think it's a little bit less than that. Oh, a little bit less. Okay, well, that's good. But these are allegedly my prime years, you know. (laughs) My prime prime earning years. I was in my prime! But that was the weirdest fucking SummerSlam show ever in that uh, the, the, the first match was excellent. With uh, Becky and Bianca Belair, and then the mm. post the post match angle with Bailey and and uh, Dakota, don't call me Cobra Kai, and and the rest of them, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the rest, and like it's the, the professor, like it's the professor and Marianne, uh, the rest, yeah, I don't I don't even remember who the other yeah. person yeah. was. The rest. Oh, it, it was um uh, Ioni Sky from yeah. uh from uh, say anything who, who yeah. was jo- joining up with Bailey. Uh, the la- and the last match was cool too because while <laughs> while they've done Brock and Roman a million times, uh, at, at least they did things differently this time. They they did it right. They had a sword and gun on the table. They pricked the fingers. They threw a bunch of trash on top of Brock, and then and then we're done there. Mm. Although I think it was really fucking weird how many consequential people were left off the show. It's like Kevin Owens is. Facing Steve Austin at WrestleMania three month, three or four months ago, and now he's not even fucking on SummerSlam. They play like a, a ninety second vignette of him, and it's like we've seen this a million times. Oh, they did do a vignette. See, I didn't even see the vignette. Well, maybe that was maybe that was in stadium only. I don't well, know. Well, I will I will say that uh, going back and looking at the results, and I, I thought it was really weird that they didn't have a preliminary, you know, during like the. The pre-show, they didn't have a match. Which yeah. I, when I first saw that it was Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, I just went, <sighs> "Of course, they put the better of the two women's title matches on the pre-show." So it was good to see that that wasn't the case, and that it was actually after the Star Spangled Banner or America the Beautiful that they had that match, which was good. Um, I will say, in uh, in current wrestling news, they brought back Karrion Cross last night. So, mm. and I guess um, they also said, I guess Drew. McIntyre came out and he said that um, he called Roman Reigns the tribal queef. Oh, and I guess so. I guess they're saying that oh, Triple H must be relaxing them on their promo work, so now they can do a little bit more action. <laughs> it is good, but, good job, good job, Drew. Yeah, yeah, but at least he got a chance to do it. Well, maybe that's why you don't let Drew McIntyre ad lib. Uh, but that's they said that there seems to be a change, a real change of the winds coming with Triple H, uh, which. Something I've been saying for years should have been happening. I mean, the guy is, I love him. Um, I know that that's a very controversial statement, or at least it used to be. It seems like it seems like now that he's taken over for Vince, everybody loves Triple H. <laughs> yeah, so, well, if, if, there's a, if there's winds of change coming, does that mean that Bad News Barrett's going to come back with his, uh, with so. his cherry, cherry picker? I hope yeah. so. That would be fair. That was the, that was one of the better gimmicks. My brother used to love that gimmick. He he. My brother for like months after that was going on, he would walk around just going, "I'm afraid I've got some bad news." Like about everything, and I was like, well, "What's the bad news?" He goes, "We're out of toilet paper." Oh, 
Oh, yeah. okay. And we, we got to do some bullshit cost cutting, even though yeah. it's a fucking company that pays like you know ten percent of revenue out to the talent. It's fucking like, and it was one of the funniest fucking things. Oh, oh, God forbid we have actual authentic comedy on this show. We have to have you know uh, guys shitting in tea or whatever it is. I know that that was twenty years ago, but I'm still hung up about that. Guy shitting in tea. <laughs> that sounds like, like one. Of, that sounds like one of the movies that was at the Simpsons. Uh, movie marathon, <laughs> the uh, the festival, the television film festival that they had, <laughs> right up Dude, there with Boo Earns and uh, guy getting hit with football. <laughs> can I ask you because I do not follow these things uh, nearly close enough, and, and we'll get to the July Fourth ninety two superstars uh, in Eventually. a sec. But it is is the ink dried on Johnny Gargano's contract with AEW? Because if if it is. I just want to say thank the fucking Lord because I don't think I could take him coming back and like having uh, matches on Raw with thirty seven hundred kickouts. Like Jesus Christ! Yeah, but who said that that's what's going to be? You know, you don't you don't know that. You don't know that there's going to. First of all, I have no idea. I didn't even realize Johnny Gargano was signing. I had a feeling that that one of the reasons, like he was given some time off to heal. You know, some nagging injuries, that seems like the thing that they always do. But then also, uh, like I said, I think the winds of change were in the air. And I'm pretty sure that Johnny Gargano would factor into any of Triple H's future plans. But what is your problem? What is your fucking problem with Johnny Gargano? He's too fucking small. And also, here we go. And he never he never fucking sells anything. And when he does sell things, it's always it's always done in this fucking overwrought, like Shawn Michaels school oh, of I love go. I love you, man. Let's fucking hold hands in the middle of the ring with here Champa. Here we go. Here we go. This 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 is just more your. This is just more of your fucking hatred towards Hickenbottom than anything else. You hate the man. You you know what? You're an anti Hickenite. That's what you are. <laughs> you know I I I actually like. Champa, and I like him enough that that match with Styles last Monday night really caught my attention. And and when he actually won, I was very surprised by the result. Yeah. And I thought, ooh, ooh, this is interesting because for whatever reason, I don't see I don't see Champa as as a small dude. But but Gargano, get him the fuck out of here. I mean, Jesus Christ, how many fucking kickouts can you like? Like I said, Johnny Gargano, riding in a convertible through Dealey Plaza, shot three times in the back of the head. Yeah. Go for the cover. Oswald goes for the cover. One. Oh. He kicks out at one. You know what the funny it, thing is? Is that when you said that, um, <laughs> when you said that last week when you saw Styles versus Champa, and you were like, ooh, I like this. I almost wanted you to play a drop that said, I can have this in this joint. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, AJ Styles can take a loss every now and then, and I thought it really sure. uh, elevated the guy. Yeah, now that's the that's the one guy that you can kind of do. I wouldn't say fifty fifty booking, but maybe seventy five twenty five booking is an AJ Styles. Yes. So so I did a thing last last Friday night in 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 Nashville. I in Nashville. well well I wandered off from the group for a while, as I've been known to do. And I, I hung out by the minor league ballpark, as I've also been known oh. to do. But then when I was done there, I, I 
I ended up going back to my room for a brief period, and then I took an Uber down to the uh, GCW show after vowing not, oh. to go, not to go to it. Yeah. And I stayed for approximately two and a half matches and left. Good. <laughs> and you know what I did after I left? Anything else? I came back to my room and I put on episodes of August 92 <laughs> Superstars. I was going to say, anything else? And it was more entertaining? Yeah, uh, and I... I started texting you, I think, in the middle of the night of uh, yes. ver- various things that yes. I was witnessing. And I think, well, one of the things that I was I was telling you about uh, oh, occurs on this show, but I don't think I was telling you about it on that night. It was uh, more um, be- before that. And it's about a recent event that occurred. So once again, we have the Boston version of the July 4th Superstars okay. as the screensaver is now turned on. I like how Hogan still gets to lead off. He hasn't even been there for like months. Uh, I just want to say that uh, that night that you were texting me all throughout the evening uh, happened to be one of the nights that I left my phone on on audio. So oh. I just continued all night long getting bring. And my, my text message uh, is the sound of the Mandalorian. So it goes. <laughs> so all night long, my phone was just going. <laughs> yeah, there was one night that you were texting me back at like an absurd. I was like, Jesus, it's one fifteen where he is. This this guy ever fucking sleep? <laughs> hey, he's up watching ninety two superstars w- as well. I was up watching ninety three superstars. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> that's that's a, that's now, tragic. <laughs> I was trying to put myself to sleep. <laughs> Now earlier earlier this morning I sent you a different text yeah. which which involved comic book guy from the Simpsons where sure. I, I said that the Vince and Perfect intro on this superstars is without question the worst intro ever. Okay. <laughs> I mean you you probably know that Vince is going to make a reference to July 4th because that's when the show is actually airing. The so. way I the way I read that this morning was <laughs> The perfect in I, I didn't see and so I saw the perfect Vince intro is without question the worst intro ever and I was like T that's kind of poetic. <laughs> no, here's the thing: you got to read all the words of the sentence in order to get the proper context. Yes, okay. Just in time for the Fourth of July, it's WWF Superstar. Welcome everyone. I'm Vince McMahon, and as everyone here in America knows, glory, glory, hallelujah! It's Independence Day, so who better to join me than the guy who's known for his sparkling personality, Mr. Perfect? You- Vince needs to like not talk for a while. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean like now. I mean like back then. The what? glory, glory, hallelujah, and um, I mean. Can I just point out the fact that they're talking about celebrating America while they're filming in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada? Yeah, I know. He, well, he couldn't <laughs> say just in time for Canada Day because he would have missed it by several days. But he says, everybody in America here knows. No, you're not in America, Vince. You're in Canada right now. And well, those people, July 4th is just another day. Well, technically, he's in Stamford. <laughs> in front of a green screen. Oh, this is like Inception. He's, so he's talking about Americans while he's in Stanford, but the people behind him are Ontario. <laughs> wow. You can and he's talking talk to a guy from Minnesota. 
Uh, yeah, perfect, of course. I don't know how they edited down his 45-minute speech to what they got here, but the, the payoff is so unbelievably shitty that uh, I, I, I am going to complain about it. Okay. What about Independence Day, McMahon? You can talk till you're red, white, and blue in the face for all I care. What this uh, country really needs is a declaration of independence that means something. What this country needs is a more perfect declaration of independence. What this country needs, McMahon, is for me to declare my independence from you. Hey, hey! I don't want it. You hey, have it. Hey, it's all yours. You hey, know, you know, hey, hey! Are they are they tossing like an oversized cherry bomb to each other? I mean, what the fuck is that? <laughs> also, why are they tossing it at each other? I have a question for you. Yes. What the fuck was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, con- I'm confused. Like one of the stupidest fucking things ever on WWF television. That seriously it- was. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. There's a bunch of fucking morons. You you know what? We're gonna have to accelerate this ninety two program. I think at a certain point. Like we can we after, have, <laughs> after this, we're gonna have to proceed right to that prime time with the Martel Brett match, and then mm. the Razor's debut, and then SummerSlam. Mm. Oh, no, we I guess we'd have to do the March to SummerSlam or whatever the hell they called it. But yeah, <sighs> yeah, I'm getting a little irritated with uh, with these this guys. Is fucking terrible. I mean, when we start doing a different year, we get Jesse. Oh, Hitman, Bret Hart. Well, the good thing is we get a couple. Oh, we get palate cleansers here. Uh, Papa Shango. Yes. Papa Shango. And, and of course, as I... Satanic black magic. Sick shit. We got Repo Man on the interview platform, and that's going to be fun. You know what? We get Bret Hart. We get Papa Shango. We got... An update on, we got a Repo Man pl- platform interview. This is going to be a good time. We got fucking high energy. That's All right. right, man. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm really hoping we get a Coco promo because, as I stated before, 92 Coco is is just an unbelievably yeah. magical figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, I think 92 is the year that clinched this Hall of Fame induction, even though Vince didn't have a Hall of Fame. He said, God damn, pal, this guy's going in just on his promo work this year. If I ever create one. Yeah. I'm clapping to the uh, the high energy. Oh, there's a happy man. Yeah, Owen, Owen didn't really mind being the number two guy in this team. No. Because it's all it's all Coco's music. Coco's the guy with the bird. He's, I mean, I, he's the more known guy to the WWF audience because I don't know how well known it was that Owen was Blue Blazer. Oh, look at no. that. Enzi, the, he did the Owen Enziguri, and that guy isn't going to lay there like a bitch like Hickenbottom. Mm. <laughs> Again, anti-Hickenite. That's what you are. Um, what I'd like to know is, I, I mean, well, no, what I'd like to say is that Owen didn't mind being second fiddle to anybody except Brett, because he was okay with being second fiddle to, to Jim Neidhart. Clearly, he was okay being second fiddle to Bruce, because all the hearts are 
okay with being second fiddle to Bruce. Mm. Uh, they don't have any choice, really. Bruce doesn't allow them to play lead fiddle. I thought you uh, were going to say Keith. Keith was lead fiddle. No, Keith was Keith was lead fiddle in our hearts. That's the, you know, no pun intended. But like the Keith of I, hearts, yes. The Keith of hearts was the lead fiddle. <laughs> Sadly, we don't get a Coco in Owen in said promo. <laughs> Yes, even more sadly, we're going to have to listen to Brian Nobbs talk. <laughs> well, we don't know if Nobbs is going to talk. Maybe, oh, maybe, come maybe, on. maybe Sags is going to talk the entire 15 well, seconds. What I find interesting is there's a lack of a person at this point with them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where's, where's Jimmy? <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea where Jimmy Hart went, and this isn't the where? first time that that's happened. <laughs> where's, where's Jimmy? Yeah, come you on. Wanna... Where's Jimmy? He went over to Ontario and never came back. So did the Hindenburg. gone, and we couldn't do nothing about it. One of what's funny is uh, there, there were guys in, in my group who uh, saw Jimmy Hart at a bar and said hello to him and t- got a mark pick with him in Nashville. That would have been, that's where you should have been. Well, it was before I got there. It was, uh, I do, think, the, do, the night do. before I got there. Do, do, do. I firmly believe that if you ever met Brian Mobbs, you would actually become fast friends, but you're afraid to admit that. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna dignify that with a response. Are you fucking serious? I think you have a lot in common. You both like wrestling. How dare you on my own podcast? Are they doing the Rougeau bomb? Oh no, they're doing Coco with the drug. Coco with the cool drop kick where he lands on his feet. We're both, we're both fans of wrestling. Uh, you're a fan, right? Yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> I don't remember anything about the Nasty Boys high energy feud or if we get any of their matches on TV. But, but Vin, Vince is going a little nuts here because, you know, a, a man of color is dancing. All right! <laughs> Oh, it's the update with Judith Light on the cover of the magazine. You know, there's a really good chance that Vince... Current Vince is watching this same video right now, laughing about <laughs> laughing about Coco Beware dancing. Let me ask you: Do you really think that Vince Mc, Vincent Kennedy McMahon has ever sat down and watched the 1992 Superstars ever? I don't even I don't even think he was watching it when he was editing these uh, when he was doing commentary for these. Damn shows. right, because it's 92 Vince. It's not 84 Vince, who was a goddamn bulldog. No, I think that Vince McMahon is going back right now and re-watching all of his highlights of his show. You know, when he hosted TNT, when he came out for All-American, when he started uh, all those other shows that he starts for two seconds and then leaves. <laughs> that weird period in 84 where he was literally the host of every program. Mm-hmm. on on, And that's what I mean by 84 events. He was hosting every guy. He was hosting a goddamn D show, Superstars of Wrestling, at a certain point. Yeah. Now then, That's what I'm talking about. 
Oh, oh, we got another phone call with the big boss man. <laughs> Did he say, uh, big boss man, this is Mean Gene Oakland uh, talking to you in my gimmick name? Yeah. What I want to know is, do, do they have the picture of the boss man where he's all beat up? That's what I, I like. I hope. I hope so. Where, <laughs> where there's a on the line. What is it? <laughs> Oakland's tie, by the way, is is fucking hideous. It's, it's very. It's very loud. Yeah, me. Very loud. Before we hear his thoughts, let me remind you. There it is. There's the. Oh, there it is. There's the picture of the big beat up man. That's my favorite picture. He looks like he just got into a fight on Shirley Avenue. <laughs> It reminds me of that Simpsons picture where it's Homer with the black eye and the shirt that says Hague in 88. <laughs> that it was only a few short weeks ago that the boss man endured a, a horrible beating sure. at the hands of the hardened ex-con, the man they call Nails. Considered by many to be far and away the worst pummeling in WWF history. It left the boss man both in body and spirit... <laughs> A broken man. You mean to tell me that Mean Gene Oakland just said this is the worst pummeling in the history and then didn't immediately cry and give out the address to send the boss man get well cards? Sorry. I find that believe. Hogan doesn't Hogan doesn't live here anymore. Although on the on the flip side, maybe Hogan got to them and said I don't want it on my record that I had the worst beating. Into Maybe Hulk Hogan's got something to do with this. You're right, Mach. And that's I mean, why you're the world champ. Dude, really? Is there any doubt that Nails was not hired by Hulk Hogan? <laughs> we all know that Nails was serving time at hard time. And, well, it was Cobb, well, it wasn't Cobb County, Georgia. See, that's where the boss man's from. But what people don't know is that boss man was actually stationed at the... Uh, Sweetwater Inst- Correctional Facility in Tampa, Florida. So that's where Nails was being held. And we all know who's got big connections in Tampa. I think te- Hogan's tentacles go far and wide, all over the southeast. But yeah, in, ta- in Tampa, he's a mover and a shaker. I love that phrase, mover and shaker. I, sure. I want to incorporate that more into my everyday lexicon. A- absolutely. And also, the word groom... Is like a negative, has a lot of negative connotations. You know Hogan was grooming Nails while he was in sick. Who do you think was visiting Nails every week, giving him Nails cigarettes that he could survive? Blonde guy, billed at 302 pounds. Yep. This is this is payback for Hogan very, getting beat up by the boss man in 88. Very he's limited, playing, very limited move sets. <laughs> he's playing the long, Hogan was playing the long game here. <laughs> Hogan's always playing the long game. <laughs> well, I, given how old he is now, he probably should stop playing any more long games and it, try to wrap it up a little bit quicker. He should stop playing the short game. He needs to stop playing a full 18 holes and stop playing nine. <laughs> <laughs> He's not at Flair yet, where Flair's just going to pitch and putts, but he should be, you know, maybe he should stop playing nine holes. Yeah, uh... By the way, zero regrets uh, about missing the flare thing, of course. E- e- I, even, I even though the Orioles lost that game, I, I regret I regret nothing about that. I, I just need to know how long into the match did Flair gig himself. That's what I want to know. It's, it's so fucking ridiculous. A 73-year-old with a goddamn pacemaker. Like, I, I told my mother about this. 
and 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 she was appalled. My mother's eighty, so <laughs> I saw I saw a video, and I'm assuming it was at the Starcast like meet and greet section of the show where yeah. Flair did a lock up in like a uh, with Ricky Morton. And I went, Jesus Christ. I go, this fucking guy can't even stay two seconds away. He can't even walk in a room. He can't walk across a convention floor without fucking jumping to somebody. Somebody needs to put Ric Flair in the fucking home or out of his misery. <laughs> well, a lot of people thought he would die over the weekend. Like, he, he would be dead by, you know, two days later. But I guess he's booked for a show in Mexico with Andrade. No, I guess no, to be at ringside. Not. No, to be at ringside. Yeah, uh, but you know he's gonna blade in that. <laughs> Look at this picture of the boss man. This is the greatest. This is the. <laughs> We're calling. This is exactly what I want. I want the fucking boss man phone call with this picture where he looks like he looks like <laughs> he looks like uh, Rodney King in this picture. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's what they're going for here. It's a dude just beating the crap out of him with a nightstick, and uh, yeah, and they're prob- probably thinking of that. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I love how they're saying we're calling Todd Connie. Hello. Uh, yeah, boss man, uh, this is Gene Okerlund for the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> hey, Ray, how's it going? Nope, nope, boss man. <laughs> this is Gene Okerlund. <laughs> that's, that's, you know. My gimmick name. Uh, I've got a couple of questions for you. We've heard that you've lost a great deal of weight. Yeah, I, I wonder if part of this angle was to get a uh, trailer out to a fat farm again. Because I've commented many times about how he looked like he was putting on a little bit more, a little uh, bit more of that weight, and they want to get him back to uh, what he looked like at seven. You know how it went down at seven, <laughs> where he's chasing perfect around the ring. Yeah. 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 Physically, how are you doing right now? Yeah, I mean, Gene, it's true. I've lost a lot of weight, and physically I've been weakened, but the big boss man is on the road to recovery. I've got to ask you about the emotional scars that have been left by this this devastating incident. To many observers, they feel your spirit has been broken, and you're not going to be able to return. What about it? Well, there's a lot of people that believe in law, order, and justice, and the big boss man's a man of his word. I know for one thing, I'm not going to let trash like Nils take over. This is a fight I might not win, but sure as hell a fight I'm going to fight. The way he pronounced Nils, it almost sounded like he said Nils, and I was like, what, what does Nils Lofgren have to do with this? He didn't do anything. Let's not fucking slander his name. Nils. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with us? We're bring, we're bringing it. Nils Lofgren's going to be in the boss man's quarter. Why? What is he? Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, now, boss man, my final question: If indeed you have made up your mind, when specifically will you be back? Me and Gene, I said a few weeks ago on the World Wrestling Federation Network that I'll be back. Well, it's going to be a lot sooner than Nils thinks. Oh, yes, the ominous music. That's the Sid. Wasn't they that used, the Sid music? Like the, yeah, they uh, used that when Sid, when they were showing him, like, laughing. Yeah, and they would cut to, like, Kerry Von Erich saying, yeah. like, but this tornado predicts that Sid is going to make an impact here. <laughs> I'm Sid Justice! <laughs> Would have been nice if uh, Sid was uh, there for the SummerSlam festivities. I mean, it's not a long drive from West Memphis. 
Oh, God. Yeah, we could have started the amazing matchup between Sid and Haku. If Sid, if, if Sid had come out and helped bury Brock, and then, like, the next week, you know, he comes out and he shakes Roman's hand, and then all of a sudden <laughs> we hear the... <laughs> like, you hear the Haku music. <laughs> he comes out. This is all going to backfire on us, and we're just going to get a uh, Sid versus Haku match. At a, uh, <laughs> is that going to backfire on us? <laughs> Probably not. It would actually. I I think we should be the timekeeper and ring announcers, respectively. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a coin toss to decide who's going to be who. Listen, if ah uh, here's my girlfriend again. <laughs> Their word against yours. In this room, you have to know what you're doing. I'm a little tired of Jody Shulman. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you on my own show? What I want to know is, if I want to know if Sid Sid better friggin' show respect to this podcast when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Because if there's anything, if there's any, there isn't, there hasn't been this much of a push for two people to get the person their due since I don't know. All those people were pushing for Leonardo DiCaprio to win the Oscar for The Revenant. Like we're seriously, we're the only two people talking about Sid going in the Hall of Fame. Well, Haku should be in the Hall of Fame, too. You bet your fucking bippy. And, 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 and who's going to stop him? If Haku wants to be in the Hall of Fame, then he should be in the Hall of Fame. If Haku wants to be in the Hall of Fame, they're going to change the fucking name of it to the Haku Hall of Fame. <laughs> I am the king. I am the king. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I, I, I have a drop for something like that. Oh, well. I, I might have been a little too late <laughs> on that. I can't find my drops anymore. Mm. <laughs> I can't Jason find them because I, I put too many. I am the king! Yeah, it's uh, Jason Knight, the sexiest man on earth from ECW. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this, well, this shows Hamilton, Ontario. And here comes another ki- a Canadian, mm. Ricky Martel, with his uh, little feather. Feathers, yeah. Yes. Mm. I'm the best looking man in this room right now. All right, earlier, before we started recording for show purposes, you told me of your disturbing plan to reach out to some people who make gear. And oh, you yeah. Want, and you want to dress up as Dusty Rhodes. Sure. For, and you want to make me dress up as Stardust. Yes. And you want our friend Bar Chris to dress up as Gold Dust, even though there's no fucking way he'd do that. I think you should just aim a little bit lower and just wear your regular clothes, but just get that "Yes, I am a model" button that Rick Martell used to wear. And what if can, that's what we? What if that's what we have? Bar Chris wear is the "Yes, I'm a model" button. And you can wear your Dom DeLuise hat and say that it's uh, Martell's. <laughs> Dom DeLuise. Yes. Oh wait, didn't we agree that you're going as Whippleman? <laughs> <laughs> that's at WrestleMania next year. It, well, I, I ain't going to that. L.A. is not feasible. <laughs> But but you but you could stay you could stay with uh, restaurant Chris out there for that <laughs> it'll 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 save you some some dough on the deal I mean speaking of speaking of Los Angeles uh, my brother and my nephew went to Los Angeles last week mm-hmm. and uh, as they were leaving LAX to drive to I believe it was to drive to Disneyland they drove across they drove across a friggin' police killing like <laughs> it was oh. like, there was a guy who was like waving a gun around. And then my brother and my nephew saw the cop pull his gun and shoot the suspect. <laughs> and, then they t- and my brother said, and all of a sudden we see the guy fall and you start seeing blood come out of the guy. <laughs> my brother and my 
F, you witnessed a murder. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the Southern California that I know. Seriously. I was like, what are the odds? Very mm. high. <laughs> so anyway, now that we've gotten that disturbing tale of... Uh, <laughs> well, I just wanted to give you why another reason why you don't want to go to Los Angeles for WrestleMania. Ra- Police shooting in L.A., whatever happened there. <laughs> the shooting. God, God bless his soul, am I right? He, they fired on him with no, no provocation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Martell, we haven't. Martell is going to get connected to Shawn Michaels through that Brett Shawn match, which is why we have to watch that primetime wrestling. Okay. And, and then that's what we're doing next. But I, I guess we're going to. We got to put that Tatanka thing on hiatus. I guess Tatanka is giving motivational speeches to kids. Mm. And uh, I guess Martell's just going to keep doing what he's doing, right? I would imagine. Tatanka, I thought it was a great Indian tradition to be brave. I am disappointed because it was so easy to embarrass you. Please, don't let me do it again. Because this time, you may lose more than just a few feathers. Oh. Hmm. Well, don't forget, Tatanka is still undefeated here in the World Wrestling Federation. Mm. I kind of like how Martel was making it back on the TV, fighting jobbers like i kind of like that martel would have been if, if he if he wanted to do a a full-time schedule and and stick around without being able to come and go as he pleases which i think was valuable to him he de- he definitely would have been a strong icy champion sure is at this point at this time in wwf is rick martel the longest tenured active wrestler Aside from jobbers, is he the longest active tenured wrestler at this point? It all depends if you if you count that period in eighty eight, early eighty nine, where he left for a while to I think it was take care of his wife, and they did that thing where he uh, got brutally murdered by demolition. Whatever happened there? Yes. Um. So all right, well let's let's assume that it's uh, contiguous. He comes in in eighty six. In the uh, fall, with Zank as the Can Ams, so I guess he's no, been no, there. I'm, I'm talking about back when he was with Tony Gurria. Well, uh, that's not contiguous then, because he was the AWA champion for a while. I'm sorry, I can't count. I can't all count right. that as WWF service time. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. So you're saying '86? Okay. But he never got a singles title, and you could argue him and uh, DiBiase. Are, are right up there as guys who never had a single st- the million dollar belt. Let's that doesn't count. Whatever happened there? Yeah. But Mark, well, Mark, when did when did he come in in '86? In the fall. It was around. Oh, it doesn't the- matter because Savage was there before him. Yeah. So I was talking about when. All right. So if you don't count, if you count when I, I guess when I shouldn't say the longest tenured, but like the. Uh, uh, I don't know what word I want to use for somebody who's been who's been involved with the company for as mm-hmm. long as he was. Because he was in in what, like 81 or 82 or something like that? Yeah, he came in at the end of 80 and stayed through uh, about the end of 81, early 82. Yeah, so, I mean, nobody else had come in in 80, right? That had been wrestling at this time? Or is fucking Backlund back yet? <laughs> oh, no, we still got it. We got a, a few more months before Backlund uh, oh, okay. re- reemerges. So, yeah. 
and, and right? but you but you can't say that he's the guy who goes furthest back, even if you're not doing contiguous, because DiBiase and Tito were there in '79. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. So DiBiase once again holds the trump card over Martel. That and also as guy who uh, never won a singles title, official <laughs> singles title. Yeah, because DiBiase never even did. Well, what was the highest singles championship DiBiase ever won? Oh, oh well, uh, okay. Like Mid South. He tech no. He technically was the WWWF North American champion in '79. So yep. perhaps I misspoke there because you know he did. He did hold that title. Yeah, but nobody... That's not even something that is... That's not even, like, ever recognized. Does anybody... Like, on DiBiase's Hall of Fame profile on WWE.com, it doesn't even mention that. It only uh, yeah. mentions that he was the... I would say they would probably mention more. There would be more of a likelihood that they would refer to him as a former WWF World Heavyweight Champion before they would recognize the North American that, title. That's true. The North American title always struck me as they created it, they put it on DiBiase. Just so they could lose it. <laughs> well, they moved it to Patterson while it was still the North American title. But the problem was, I think they probably were like, you know what, we don't like the name North American title because there are other companies, even though this is Vin- this was done during Vince Sr.'s time. Yeah. Okay? So... I don't think he was as hung up on not on being different than other territories so much, sure. but I think they wanted to change the name of that to something different because a lot of other places had a quote North American title like Mid South, mm-hmm. and Intercontinental that was something that was not uh, not called that in any other company. And besides, it gives you the okay, it's North America, South America. That that's what it's supposed to be. Sure. And it's, it's a little bit catchier than the Western Hemisphere title. Although it's that would have been funny. It's the drive from the Aleutians all the way down to the Galapagos. It, it, everybody knows that the Intercontinental title would have been a lot better and maybe would have had a fucking match on SummerSlam this year if they had called it the Western Hemisphere Heritage title. <laughs> anyway, I thought, that was a lot, I thought that was a lot funnier than you did. No, it's. I thought it was very funny. I was just. I was shaking my. If oh. this was a visual podcast, you would have okay. seen me. You would have seen me. SMH, shake my head. No, it's the Western Heritage States Hemisphere International Occupied Time Zone Differential uh, Championship from the Northeast to the Northwest to the Southeast to the East West. Uh, yeah, it would have been a ridiculously long wrong. name. Wrong. You forgot to include the word Americas <laughs> in there. Why is Hogan here? What is well, this? Oh, wait. I, I paused it because this is one of our favorites. We were so excited when the WBF song, Go For It, Go oh. For It, came back. Well, yeah. another, one, another one of our favorite songs is returned. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Go for it. What's the deal with airline peanuts? Call for an application. Is there a chance I might be rejected like I was for Springsteen tickets? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) I'm I'm still pissed off about that. God. 
Why do I get wait? I've been to 16 Springsteen shows and I get waitlisted. Come on. You would think that the guy. You would think that your name would be on the list. Yeah, I know. Automatic but. entries. You know who loved Bruce Springsteen? Who? Joey Peeps. Hmm. It's a shame when he goes when they go like that. <laughs> when they go? <laughs> Come on! It was payback. Are we are we accidentally bringing Nils Lofgren into this as well? Because of course he's in the E Street Band. <laughs> anyway, go. Anyway, his crush. <laughs> anyway, four dollars a pound. <laughs> I don't know who the other who the guy crush is facing. Oh, it might have been Barry Hardy because he's got weird hair. No, it's, yeah. not, it's not Barry Hardy. It's not. Is well, it? if you if you don't know who, it, if you don't know who it, if you know who it ain't, tell me who it is. <laughs> if you don't know who it ain't. Oh my God. Ah, oh, what's hard? I always like when people would do the military press slam when Warrior was there. It's like, oh, you're basically doing the dude's finisher. Yeah. Yeah. It's Terry Davis. It's not Barry Hardy. So, I think they were every enhancement guy was legally required to have bad hair during this time period. Oh wow! What a maneuver! It was a lot harder without Beefcake around. Yeah. <laughs> he was too busy down in Tampa serving as uh, Hogan's consigliere. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened there? Mm-hmm. Close. He, he took the insurance money from his barber shop and just went back to Florida. He couldn't fucking sell it. He's a loser. <laughs> That's nice. Ah, oh, the crush head thing. Yes. That's nice. He dies. I can't even wear his shredded pants. <laughs> what? Just be quiet. Maybe you'll learn something. <laughs> Crush uh, drop guys on his tailbone and just squeezes their head really hard. Yeah, what a maneuver. I stand by my point that Crush needed facial hair. Ah, uh, he did look a lot more menacing when he started wearing that goatee and like with Kona Crush or Evil Crush. Evil Crush? What do we call him yeah. when he was Fuji cr Fuji Crush? Fuji Crush, yeah. Fuji Crush. Oh, oh, God, what I wouldn't give for on today, already probably in the 90s. Mm -hmm. I'd love a, uh, a nice uh, ice cream bar. Yeah, another another 90-degree day up here. Mm -hmm. And we're back at the event center for the Worcester Centrum show, which is uh, two weeks away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we are getting these wonderful little promos. And I think, uh, yep, we're getting... Papa Shago, Berserker, right. and Fuji. All right. All right. New bet. Let's see. Give me the over-under. All right. I'm going to warn you that this is 92 Vince we're dealing with here. If it's the same promo, but they might have changed it up, I don't know. So you have this tendency to, to bet the over on these because you, you, you want it to go over. Yeah. So like a good 
Well, like a book, good bookkeeper here, I'm going to raise the over-under to 14 and a half for uh, Husses. Okay. <laughs> While you figure that out, I'm going to try to count 14? the, the num- number of bones on Papa Shango's necklace. All right, so you're saying 14 and a half? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Over. Four, five... I think there's 11 bones on uh, Sean Ghost's thing. Okay. All right. Well, then, uh, all right. Over for 11 grand. Here we go. <laughs> 14 and a half. All right. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Hush, hush, hush. Undertaker, yeah. you go get the ultimate warrior now, huh? Yeah. Undertaker, you two ain't going to look real big at the feet of me and Papa. You ain't gonna look real big when the devious one sits us on you, are you? Hush! Hush! Ultimate warrior! The spell has been put on you! You have seen the powers of Papa Shango! Undertaker! You are not above approach! You dabble in the spirits! You know nothing about that. Hush, 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 hush. That's 18. Yes! Yeah, that's 18. Woo! There it is. You owe me 11 grand. Well, you, you know what is, I was pretty sure that it was going to be the same promo that it's always been, mm-hmm. where he adds in the extra husses at the end just to, sure. just to fuck with you. So. Yep, but and it's I, okay. And I felt like if I had made the over-under even higher, you would have been like, hmm, I don't know. Nope. Oh, uh, about hey, this. listen, did it work? It doesn't matter. You owe me. <laughs> oh, all right, let's 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 ease up here on on the collections because we got Warrior and, and Taker, and hopefully they'll at least say something different this time. All right, do you think they will? In a dream, the challenge of such a curve off a jungle. Where would the victims that have fallen before? Those warriors that have already sacrificed themselves. Those that have been put in body bags by the undertaker himself. They present themselves to such a day. As skeletons, berserker. No flesh, no organs, but still standing, standing. Shango, the sorcerer you use for the eternal fire. You and the berserker will burn in all that is good and all that is evil join to put an end to your madness. It appears the Ultimate Warrior and the Undertaker plan to cast their own spell. Two weeks from the I want to do that thing where, like, you know Undertaker and Papa Shango are best friends in real life. Because <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I would get in eighth grade, which, uh, yeah. you know, I'm nearing the eighth grade at the time this is. Sure. Oh, Hogan ad for, for right guard. It's been a while. I like how I like how the Undertaker is is playing this ridiculous character, and yet he has to friggin' go. What the fuck is this guy saying over here? <laughs> they do a two ships in the night promo where they don't acknowledge each other. 
pretty much. Where Undertaker's like, you know what, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. It's going to have nothing to do with what Warrior said. But this fucking asshole over here. Oh, Ooh. Simpsons ad from Butterfinger. Uh-oh. First lesson. Lesson number two. Ah, now we take Butterfinger break. Crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery Butterfinger. Lesson number three. Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. And try new Butterfinger ice cream nuggets. I'll be your best friend. You already are. Oh, cops. Yeah, The Simpsons, this is nearing the end of when The Simpsons were absolutely everywhere, like ubiquitous in merchandising and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, after 92, they eased up a little bit, because th- I think they were afraid of just burning out the show. Yeah. Ironically enough. <laughs> 20, 25 years later. <laughs> Code three. Tonight, beginning at 8 on Fox 25. Code 3. Is the price yeah. of new furniture low? Is this a local furniture ad? They're using claymation here. During our summer dog day sale, hey, Rock. Hey, Rock. you get the dresser, the mirror, the chest. During our summer dog day sale, Rock. Come and get a Bedroom works too. You get the dresser, the mirror, the chest, headboard, bed frame, mattress, and foundation. Summer dog day price five ninety seven. Home furniture takes the bite out of buying furniture. Home furniture, linen denim. Route one A next to John's roast beef. That's really funny that he was like, "Bedroom summer day sale. You get the dresser, the mirror." <laughs> God, we really do sound like a whole bunch of assholes, don't we? All the time. Kinda, yeah. We set the mirror, the fucking dresser. This thing's fucking mint, kid. <laughs> kid. Always got to work in the kid. It's mint, kid. Mint. Mint. Yeah. Mint. <sighs> We're back with more WWF action. Oh. Here, come, here comes uh, one of our uh, f- flagship wrestlers one, at this time. Satanic black magic. Sick shit. One of the MVPs of the show. <laughs> How did you get all that smoke to appear? How about two weeks? <laughs> Joe McMullen is a uh, very uh, enhancement-looking guy. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Look at this kid's getting high off of Shango's fumes coming out of that skull. What a bong. <laughs> well, given what we know about Charles Wright, we don't know what the nature of that smoke is. Well, we don't know. Given what we know about Charles Wright, we do know what the nature of that smoke is. I'm surprised Sh- they don't bring back Shango to feud with the st- uh, Street Profits over wanting the smoke. <laughs> See, I can make a modern reference every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. That was a beautiful reference. A modern reference that isn't like Jeff Jarrett is fucking pathetic and like... I That was, I think, my first text to you at SummerSlam. It's like... Jeff Jarrett comes out to absolutely no reaction whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. And I think I said to you, I said, well, why is this guy having a stroke? Oh, oh it's his knee. Yeah. Yeah, we did that uh, curse thing. I mean, you have to concentrate on thinking that Papa Shango is just another man, but obviously that's tough. To Papa Shango is like an Anderson brother. He's working a body part, but he does it through voodoo. He doesn't want to waste time, you know, doing, like, 
spinning toe holds and shit. He's just going to go right after the leg. An Anderson brother. Don't you remember the Minnesota Wrecking Crew? Gene Anderson, Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, and Papa Shango? Anderson. <laughs> Shango Anderson. Shango Anderson. But it is more practical for him to hurt the guy's leg rather sure. than light his feet on fire. Absolutely. Now what would be awesome is if you saw him put go into a figure four. <laughs> Shango won via the uh, figure four. Yes. Shango won via a Texas clover leaf. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. <laughs> uh, I miss a guy like Papa Shango. Who, I mean, the Papa Shango of more modern times is probably Boogeyman, correct? Um, oh, I was going to say, please don't say The Fiend. Oh, well, but I guess I, The Fiend. I, I don't even ag- acknowledge that The Fiend was anything that existed. Good. Good. Because the, the, when you're talking about The Fiend, there's only one thing you can, you can do. Mm. And that's uh, wait for this drop to come in. <laughs> you don't ever admit the existence of this thing. That's right. Yeah, it hasn't been a it hasn't been a good day for uh, my uh, media player here. Even though my Wi-Fi is now top of the line. <laughs> Do you know how good my Wi-Fi is now? It's got the little symbol. How has, good is it? It has the little number six on it. Oh. I don't know what that means, but I I know what it means. It's, it means it's good. <laughs> it's good. Good. <laughs> it's good. You sure that's what you want to drink? <laughs> you want something with sugar in it? <laughs> All right, why are we keeping the camera on this uh, woman for like 15 consecutive seconds? Uh, that was Stephanie Wyand. They were introducing her. <laughs> oh, Cape Cod Melody Ted. Don't miss the explosive action, you folks dear Hyannis, when it all takes place Sunday night, July 19th at the Cape Cod Melody Tents. That is just two weeks from now, and you have the chance to see Crush, also Ric Flair, as well as the natural disasters in the ring. Uh, folks near Worcester get to the Worcester Centrum Monday night, July 20th. All right, well, yeah. I don't know why, but I just got really excited when you just went, Ah, oh, Cape Cod Melody Tents! Well, I mean, it's those summer shows that they would do down there, and the fact that the fact that Flair was working the Cape Cod Melody Tent is kind of mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Considering that the the place where, like, the GCW was was, you know, just kind of like your average. Little, it, it was kind of like the building that they ran in Dallas on the side of the Cotton Bowl, which is fine. But the Flair's last match was at the Nashville Auditorium, a much bigger venue. Do you know that 25,000 people ordered that on pay-per-view? Good Lord. I know. That's like that's the thing that you go on Reddit and find somebody that's giving you the streaming thing for free. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, we, we do enough copyright infringement on this. But what, the, what the hell are people ordering that for? I mean, like, they that's want... really going to be Flair's last match? Give me a fucking break. He didn't die in the ring. That's his last match is where he actually dies. This yeah. guy's going to be fucking. Look, we all know he. He's going to get married and divorced again, and he's going to need to pay more alimony to, like, a fifth wife. So, you know, he's going to have to wrestle one more time. Flair is going to need he's going to need money and he's going to he's going to wrestle again. And and of that's course. Uh, I, and yeah, you even you say, but Pete, they did this whole promotion based on this. Like, do you know how many fucking retirement matches Terry Funk had? Yeah. You know, come on. Let's we we saw one on the uh 
what was the beyond the mat? They had the whole thing where he was there. You know, remember, I'm not booked, you know, and then <laughs> yes. he, he wrestles Brett and all that. That was his retirement match in, like, 1997. Well, don't forget, that's that's why WWF brought him in as Chainsaw Charlie, because technically Terry Funk was retired. Yeah. And then and then we just kind of like, you know what? This isn't working, so we're, we're just going to go back to calling you Terry Funk, if that's okay. Seriously. It's like Rey, Mys- Rey Mysterio was never supposed to put on a mask again, per Mexican wrestling tradition. Right. After he lost it in 99. Right. But you know what? Rules are rules are sometimes made to be broken, and in that case, uh, yes, that was definitely definitely the case. <laughs> rules are made to be broken. So uh, we probably don't have very many of these left. These these Sean Flair, perfect Sherry promos. The only thing I don't like about them is that Sherry hardly ever gets to talk. Oh, I thought you were going to say the only thing you don't like about them is that you got to look at that guy you can't stand, Hickenbottom. Fat piece of shit. Oh wait, you're that a, was that was the next year when he became fat. You're an anti Hickenite, and I'm <laughs> really getting. I, I think we need to have a. I think we need, you and I need to go back to the couch, and we need to have another therapy session about your hatred of the Hickenbottom. I think we should interview Hickenbottom, and we could make it a video podcast because he's the one guy capable of keeping one eye on you and one eye on me. <laughs> all right, maybe. All right, all right, all right. That's funny. You must have been a beautiful baby, and from the looks of things, nothing has changed. Listen to this, Bret Hart, the excellence of execution. Well, Bret, that makes you good at one thing. Well, I got news for you, Jack. These two guys right here have got it all. And Macho Man, oh, jeez, Rick, I don't even want to. Shawn Michaels, the man of the 90s, Slick Rick. What a combination. You know, Shawn, Mr. Perfect told me he could be the most. If he wanted to put his tongue back on. I thought Sean was going to say, you know what, Sean? I love you. <laughs> I'm I love sorry. You. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Whack. Whack. Uh, oh, shit. And I accidentally uh, X'd out of the video. <laughs> I was so excited about that. that uh... You know something, Sean? <laughs> Just wait. 30 years from now. I'll be having yet another retirement match. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? The Macho Man boys come and get it. Woo! Okay. And Only goes here. I, I took a screen cap of this promo here with uh, <laughs> Savage holding the world belt, yes. Brett holding the Intercontinental belt, and, and it's just, you know what, I should just post one of these every day. I like that they couldn't agree on a background, so they just have that weird, I think that's Papa Shango's smoke as the background. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you show up to do your house show promos in Stanford, and the first question they ask you is, smoking or not? <laughs> Why don't you give us smoking? <laughs> he doesn't, the boss man doesn't even smoke. Well, I had to give him some cigarettes so he could bribe the screws. Go, <laughs> <Can> you stop! <laughs> Please! Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, it's the men versus the boys. Mm-hmm. These promos that you love. Yeah. Michaels and Ric Flair. Unbelievably, yeah, you gotta get ready because we will, we will rock you, yeah. Band of the bone. We're the space cowboys. That's right, Macho Man. Macho Man and the Hitman. Men up oh. against 
boy. Oh! The best boy in the nature boy. You guys got a lot to learn. You got to respect oh! these right here on our shoulders. The world heavyweight champion and the intercontinental champion. When you boys step in the ring with us, you're going to find oh! out what it's all about. Gonna bring you all the way to Elon. Yeah, you need to have your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars, but you guys don't understand that. The Hitman and the Macho Man, the Space Cowboys, we're gonna show everybody what tag team wrestling's all about. The excellence of execution and the Macho Man doing it at the same time to you, Shawn Michaels, and you, Ric Flair, they have no way out. Let's see who's the best. Ooh, yeah! Macho Man and Bret Hart plan to show Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair what it takes to be a champion. Monday night, July 20th. <laughs> yes, Ric Flair, 11-time world champion at this time. He, he needs to be shown what it, what it, what it takes. <laughs> Mo- Mooney didn't watch a lot of NWA, apparently. No, apparently not. <laughs> M&M's. Yeah. That's the fucking promo. Yeah. Men's versus the boys. I always thought that was funny. Like, I always thought that was really like smart you know yeah, yeah good uh, uh the, the promos leading up to this match are, are living up to the hype and, and at some point we will need to work in um uh, i think it did air on 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 tv but it was like a french wrestling challenge or some random bullshit oh <laughs> uh, was it yeah oh this here's a movie do you recognize this yeah this is universal soldier oh and the other one is out to stop him. The ultimate weapons of the future have declared war on each other. Universal Soldier Rated R starts Friday, July 10th. Did we see that already on here? Uh, I don't think so, but okay. it's possible. Yeah. I did see Roland Emmerich's name there, and I know he was one. He was one of the guys behind The Patriot, one of my favorite uh, bad movies ever. <laughs> yeah, you do love that movie. I once I once pitched that to you as something we should watch for the podcast, which I, I believe uh, would, draw, would draw an audience of about seven. <laughs> I don't think I would be against it, just because I really like Jason Isaac, and he's in that, so uh, sure. Oh, Jason Isaacs is fucking amazing. He's the incomparable Jason Isaacs. I'm smiling, but I am very fucking furious. Well, that's from yeah. death. That's from Death of Stalin. No, but. but I don't think that I would. I would agree with you that in that role there was no comparison. Jason Isaacs was fantastic in that movie. Yes. So and yeah. The the only thing maybe keeping me away from that. Hey, Roger Clemens MVP baseball, which uh, Roger just celebrated his 60th birthday uh, the other day. Oh. Oh, okay. uh, the one Clemens. thing that would keep me from doing it is uh, I would make a lot of Heath Ledger jokes. <laughs> like a lot of them, okay. <laughs> a lot of them. Like to the point where it, it may reflect negatively upon me, but I really oh. don't give a shit. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll just always remember Heath Ledger for that movie, A Knight's Tale, that had mm. like the made-up blurbs on the movie poster, and they got busted yep. for it. It's like yep. you have to you have to work hard to get busted on on that sort of thing. It's yeah. kind of like tampering in uh, in sports. It's like it happens all the time. But the Miami Dolphins are the only NFL team fucking stupid enough to get <laughs> caught. And they didn't even get the player either. That's the best part. Like, you get busted for tampering, lose a first-round pick, and you don't even get the guy. It's incredible. Absolutely fucking incredible. 
that's so good. Yeah. Well, apparently the the, the dolphins should have just uh, assaulted a bunch of massage therapists, and they probably would have oh, gotten off a oh, lot. Oh, oh, oh. And before anybody is like, oh, Deshaun Watson was suspended last year. It's like, yeah, well, he was fucking getting paid all of last year. Some fucking suspension. What's he, a, a Los Angeles police officer? Uh, oh. Shoot, shooting, shooting somebody in front, of, uh, in front of Keith's brother and nephew. Why is this guy wearing Owen Hart's pants? Oh, it kind of looked like Owen Hart's pants. You mean the great Barry Hardy? Yeah. Maybe they had an exchange program. What maybe, I wanna... maybe they were that tight. Oh, uh, look at how Slaughter's got to wear his. He's wearing his shirt <laughs> underneath his underneath his his. What now? Slaughter's got like. Uh, I guess that's like a singlet, but not really because yeah. it's got it's got two two shoulder. But why not? Why does he have to wear a shirt? I mean, well, he always he's wore a shirt. Gut. I know, but it was usually like. But why? Because he's got. He wants to move that merch. He knows that his. His time is coming up. There's not a lot of not a lot of time left on the clock, and he does he only has one time out in the two minute warning. So he's got to move those shirts, and the best way is if he wears it on TV. So, right. Of course, but what I yeah. what I find funny is that even going back to like 1980s slaughter, mm-hmm. he always wore a shirt <laughs> underneath like his like. You ever notice that? Like at no point did slaughter ever let like the chest hair fly. Like I wonder if like slaughter's got like. Maybe Slaughter's got some Dusty Rhodes-esque blotches on his, like, upper torso that he doesn't want to have out, you know? Maybe Slaughter's got, like, a swastika tattoo or something on him that he doesn't want anybody to see. He's not a Harris twin, for God's sake. Let's let's see he's up here. You know that guy? He always wore a shirt. Ed Sullivan? No. Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> but because it's uh, July 4th, we're getting a Slaughter instant promo and... Uh, Sullivan. Yeah, we're we're just gonna sw- sweep that whole Iraq thing under the rug. That that ne- the Iraqi angle, whatever, whatever, happened, whatever there. happened there. Fresh <laughs> fresh start. <laughs> the no shows, the Duggan team, everything. General Adnan, whatever happened there. <laughs> I he right should there. fucking die. <laughs> you know it's a happy weekend in America. Wherever you go, you see the American flag flying, you hear the fireworks, it's the 4th of July in America. But you, the royal modded maggot, you'll be lucky to keep your independence when Sergeant Slaughter comes after you. Is he threatening to invade Canada? Sound like it to me. You better take it easy, Sarge. They're one of our best allies, for God's sakes. Better take it easy there, Sarge. It, but I, I think Slaughter only feels good about himself because he can do the Cobra Clutch again. Mm. Like, he doesn't have to do that whole uh, camel clutch thing. No. He goes back to his... Remember the uh, the other... What was... What are the, where he did the knuckle to the temple? I think he was calling... Wasn't he calling that, like, the Cobra Clutch for a minute? Uh, what, the Atomic Noogie thing? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting a lot of Mountie Slaughter build-up here, but it's not like they had a match at SummerSlam. No. Oh, look at this. The WPF Championship, courtesy of Coliseum Home Video. It's available at video stores all over the world. And indeed, you don't want to miss the greatest bodybuilding event 
of all time. The no, I do. Turn that off. Championship. Turn that off. Well, I, <laughs> I want to miss it. You want to miss it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with missing it. Thank you very much. But you don't want to miss this next thing because this no. is why this is why we're doing this show. This is this is why we're here. <laughs> a Repo Man platform interview is not something you get every day. I mean, let's think about all the greats in the World Wrestling Federation who never got a proper platform interview. I mean, yeah, I know that the Brother Love show was around for uh, a while, but like, did the Warlord ever get a platform interview? No. No, he never did. It was too busy. It was too busy. The platforms were too busy being taken up by the like a warrior and Hogan, <laughs> Sid, Rocco DeMeo, yeah. Whatever All happened. Right, ladies man. and gentlemen, join me in welcoming my guest this week, the Repo Man. <laughs> All right. Well, what is? What is this? He's on a bicycle. I wish I had queued up that Queen song. <laughs> bicycle. I thought you would have played. I thought you would have queued up the. He got a bicycle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. A Repo Man came out on. Uh, it doesn't look like a kid's bike, but I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. I get. I guess it's. What is it with Repo Man and him stealing forms of transportation? I think it would. The only way it would have been better is if he had come out on one of the old time bikes that um, <laughs> that has the big wheel in the front. Bicycle, bicycle. <laughs> the repo man arriving here in the arena. It's a girl's bike. <laughs> whose bike is he? Whose bike does he say that is? All right, let's take bets. Is it the bulldog's bike or is it somebody else? No, I think it's going to be some. Uh, some random kid from uh, Mississauga, Ontario. It would have been really funny. It would be really funny if he went, I stole Stephanie McMahon's bike. <laughs> I, I went as far as to say Mississauga because I have this bad habit when gambling sometimes where if I do a parlay, like I'll do an extra Pete leg of it to really improve the odds. And it, it really just ends up wrecking it in the end. Like yesterday when I bet on the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> what a oh. fucking maroon. On a bicycle. Yeah. What's with the bike? Jeez, I gotta tell you, I love my job. <laughs> You're not gonna believe this. Just a couple of blocks away, I met this kid. <laughs> he was studying for finals, so he had to quit his job. And, then, and I mean, when he quit his job, he couldn't make any payments. He didn't make any money. So then I had to come and I had to do my job. I had to repossess a brand new 10 speed. <laughs> oh, wait just you, a minute. You gotta be kidding That's me. The way it goes, Repo Man, that that is sick. <laughs> he calls that sick, but he when alcohol starts flowing out of his jacket, Oakland uh, Oakland's kind of nonplussed by that. I mean, I know the economy was a little bad in 1992, but was it this bad that people were making installment payments on a 10-speed bike? Um, well, enough to the point that it had to be repoed by the repo man. 
You know, I saw a thing on on the uh, John Oliver last week tonight that uh, apparently the price of bicycles have gone way up in the past mm. uh, year or so. But really? it's a it's a supply and demand thing more than anything else. I'm looking at the neighborhood of where um, the Cops Coliseum is in uh, in Hamilton, and uh, it it is kind of in the central area downtown. So he said a couple blocks away it could be in uh, Strathcona, mm. could have been in Beasley. Or maybe even in the north end of Hamilton. Mm. Anyway, Mississauga is about halfway between Hamilton and Toronto. So, yeah. <laughs> this is all very pointless. That is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> now, now that was a 15-year-old kid, you know, a, a couple of blocks from here. But that is not the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. I'm glad you brought up his name. Because did you know... I'm his master. Every command I make, he does. What are you talking about? Just the other day, I told him, I said, why don't you get up on your high legs and beg? <laughs> and he did it! <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I told him, I said, why you roll over? He rolled over. Come on. And I me. told him, I said, here, shake hands. And he shook, shook my hand. hand. You've got to be kidding. He shook my hand. So if I tell Davy Boy Smith, he won't make it to SummerSlam. He won't. And you know what? If he doesn't obey me, I'm going to lock him in a car on a hot summer day and roll the windows up. <laughs> oh, that's animal abuse. Hey, yeah. Hey. That'll get you, that'll get you 20 years in some places. Hey, if that doesn't work, <laughs> I'm going to get him fixed for good. <laughs> I can't. The man is carrying the company, as well as a bicycle. (laughs) He's talking about cutting the British Bulldog's dick off. I love it. That bicycle is emblematic of the entire company's fortunes in the summer of 1992. He's carrying it. Bicycle. (laughs) Oh, God. What I would not have been for. What you would not have done for what? What I have not, what I would have not, what I, what I would have done to have a Repo Man Bret Hart match at SummerSlam, where Repo Man goes over in like five minutes, and has a very lengthy extended run with the Intercontinental Championship. That's just disrespectful. Can you at least give Bret twelve? All right, I'll give him twelve. <laughs> twelve minute match. So yeah, Bret's up. Bret's up next, by the way. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, it's a Nintendo commercial. Match the creatures and wipe them out. Play alone or with a friend. But mix them and you won't stand a chance. It's challenging. It's overwhelming. Hey, it's a Tetris ripoff. <laughs> the old Tetris phrase, phase had gone through, what, like two years before this? So. Well, that's... Okay, so you, you know how... A couple of years ago, they had put out, like, the Nintendo Classic, where you bought the little Nintendo, yeah. and it had it had a whole bunch of games on it. Mm-hmm. Well, oddly enough, it has Dr. Mario, which is a clear knockoff of Tetris. And uh, I was really upset because I really love Tetris. Tetris is a great game. And I was really hoping that that was going to be on there, and it's not. It's just Dr. Mario, which sucks. It's entirely possible that the trademark on that has expired. Or or you there's enough things that are different that yeah. they can, you know. Oh yeah, there's definitely something with that. Yeah. 
Um, and I and it's probably that I would say that the trademark is they don't own the trademark anymore for Tetris, but it's it's just weird. What, what, where, like where who owns it? You know. Mm-hmm. So look at that. Hunter aired at ten o'clock on on twenty five because they didn't have a news news at ten at that time. That's right. Yeah. And as we all know, that that's the only news station anybody in Boston should watch mm-hmm. is Boston 25 News. By the way, Jody is an attorney down in Florida. I think we co- we may have covered that already. We did cover that, yeah. She yeah. moved down to Florida. I'll help you. It's a tough room to go it alone. Let us help. <laughs> she, had, she asked her father, Dane, if, if, if the Florida thing was all right. <laughs> that's a no-go. Uh, well... Not in that case. <laughs> what I really liked about Jody Shulman is that she looked like a very off-spec uh, Barbara Streisand. I always felt like she could have played Barbara Streisand on the uh, Fox 25, um, you, you know, new or uh, Fox 25 version of uh, Prince of Tides if they had done that in 1992. <laughs> the the local Boston version of Prince <laughs> of Tides, starring Jody Shulman, and uh... it takes place near the Hat Shell. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe. <laughs> Who, who was the guy? In, was it Redford? Or it is Redford, I believe. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we'll get your brother Brian to play Redford. <laughs> that, that would just make it funnier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Brian wants to be part of the podcast. He doesn't fucking want the smoke. All right. Ah, <laughs> uh, here's Brett. Hey. Oh, it's not Brad Redford. It's uh, it's um, uh, Nick Nolte. Gear? Oh, Nolte. No, it's Nick yeah. Nolte. But still, it's it still works. You can use Nolte to coach basketball. Did well, you the good- shave money? Did you take points? <laughs> did you shave points? Did you take money? How did I fuck that up? It's because that's what I always say is, did you shave money? Did you take points? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I shaved money and I took the points, yes. He, he says the word, God damn it. Like a total of eight hundred and fifty-four times. He says it more than the time than the word "fuck" is said in in uh, <laughs> casino. I don't know if you know that. Uh, so it's Bret Hart versus Bret Hart here. <laughs> the winner of this match will earn the rights to the name Bret Hart. That is kind of funny. I wonder how many times uh, this actually happened. <laughs> I think Bret and Barry. Um, had had matches, I think, years ago in like '88. But it's kind of funny that, I mean, that that particular coincidence. But it would have been better if Horowitz had held on to the global light heavyweight title, because then Brett Brett could have just shed a couple pounds, and they, he he could have unified it with the IC title. Yeah. Oh God, Barry Horowitz. <laughs> you love that he worked global. I That's did. your favorite. Yeah. Global. You, w- you wish that you could have worked global. That would be funny if, like, all right. You, you've always said that, like, oh, you know what? It would be nice to work in wrestling at a certain point. And, and God grant you that wish. <laughs> and it says, all right, but there's one catch. I'm uh-huh. not going to tell you what era or promotion I'm going to drop you into. <laughs> and you're like, okay. So you get into the little phone booth, like in Bill and Ted's. And all of a sudden, you end up at a parking lot just outside, like, like at the Sportatorium. Uh, and and now you're the number one heel manager in global 1992. You're rubbing elbows with the Doc Patriot. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? <laughs> I can't even think about it. <laughs> I can't even say his. I can't even say his name. 
<laughs> it's Doug <Doug-ge-> Gilbert. <laughs> global. All right. Uh, so uh, I'm over there with Black Bart. Yeah. Well, Iceman King Possums. <laughs> say Tugboat Tugboat Taylor. Do you and uh, Tugboat Thomas ever get together and have lunch? I'll hang uh, up and listen. I'll hang uh, up and listen. Oh God. Oh, I think. Am I, am I managing the bad breed with Axel Rotten and Ian Rotten? Like, of course, you're the lead heel manager. Come on. <laughs> can, I, have, can, no I, can I? Can I manage? Can I command as the Colossal Kongs? <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, no. Um, yeah, we're not going to give you everything you wanted. That's why you work. That's why you're working global. I'm constantly feuding with Devastation Inc. <laughs> hey, you're not working 83 World Class. Come on. Come on, huh? <laughs> All right, I think Brett's got the inset promo because I, I can see by the uh, little uh, screen I there. Know, I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but it did. <laughs> it was one of the more creative things that I've come yeah. up with recently. Yeah. Dropping me uh, in global. Brett, Brett, and Sean. Mm-hmm. Yay! Here we go. This, Here we this, go. Would be, this would be their only feud. They would mm-hmm. never cross paths ever again, right? Thankfully. Shawn Michaels, you may think you're God's gift to wrestling, but it's going to take a lot more than that high opinion of yourself and your questionable ability to beat the hitman to the Intercontinental title. I thought he was talking about uh, running an NXT, because the first 90% of that promo applies to that as well. You know, it's really interesting that we're at July 4th. Mm-hmm. SummerSlam's a little bit more than, you know, a month and a half away. And we're still driving full force for Brett versus Sean and Bulldog versus Repo Man. And at what point do they immediately just turn and twist into, you know, Brett and Bulldog? I would assume that it's the, at the point where they, they turn to Sean and uh, Martel. Yeah. Yeah. Because despite everything that they said about selling out the building uh, in like 30 seconds or whatever, apparently that's not exactly true. I mean, they sold a lot of tickets up front, but they were still running ads that tickets were available in Britain at the time. So maybe they said, all right, the way to put this over the top is to have Bulldog in a main event against Brett. Where yeah. he goes over for the title, and that's the way you 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 push it and you sell those tickets that are left and available. Right, absolutely. Which is which is a good way of doing business. Although even if Bulldog isn't exactly the uh, best IC champion there ever was. Also, what is Razor Ramon? Razor Ramon was down in Miami for all the other vignettes. Apparently now he's in fucking uh, downtown St. Louis because there's a thing over his shoulder that just says poo holes. <laughs> You know, the second I saw Pujols, I was like, why is he celebrating Albert Pujols right in this vignette? <laughs> he he has a deep appreciation for a guy who has been sub-replacement level for five years now. <laughs> he's, he's celebrating a guy who was probably, what, five at the time? Mm. <laughs> I mean, how old is Pujols? He's not that old. He was, he was born 1980, allegedly. Allegedly? Uh, oh. Well, I, I think he, he might be two years older supposedly but uh, which which would explain why he's been washed up since like 2017 oh come on look there's no 
there are a lot of examples through sports history of of guys who just hung on too long. Ric Flair, but also you know like Babe Ruth. His last couple of years, he couldn't play the outfield. There was no DH, obviously. Yep. So, you know, yep. maybe hung on a little too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, Albert Pujols. If, if Albert Pujols had retired in, like, 2015, 2016, well, he would have left a shitload of money on the table. Yeah. But he he would be remembered a little bit differently than, you know, hitting 220 over the last five years with, like, you know, 10 to 15 homers a year. All that stuff. Does Albert, does the last five years of his career possibly hurt his Hall of Fame no. numbers like first ballot? No. The only number it would hurt is if he had retired in 2015, let's say, he probably would have gotten very close to 100% of the votes. Yeah. But now, now people will remember like the six shitty years to end his career. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, do you think that that hurts first ballot or? Oh, you're saying he's a no, first ballot, but he, yeah. he would have gotten a hundred percent. Yeah, he'll get he'll get like he'll get like ninety six percent instead of ninety nine percent. So it, it's yeah. all academic. But I remember the home run derby several weeks ago where he in the first round against Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, who, probably a pick. I mean. Schwarber threw that fucking first round. It was a disgrace. Fucking nauseating. Yeah, I I never seen anything like it since Pete Rose. Mm-hmm. Absolute disgrace. Yeah. So anyway, Razor is dressing more like it's 1992 because he's got like bright colors and shit. <laughs> I like how half of it is black and white, like it's NWO, and some of it is bright colors, like it's New Generation. He's blending his entire career there. He needed to work in an AWA somewhere though. Maybe that maybe there's something stuck up his ass, which would represent Vern. Oh, oh, you know, where did that come from? Oh, <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's go to Albert Pujols Ramon down in. Uh... Take a look at me. I am Razor Ramon. Ramon. I am somebody important, man. Me. I like Adam in the Garden of Eden. I'm the only real man. Everybody, they want to be like me. Little kids, they want to grow up and be like me. Bambinos, forget about school. What you learn in a book cannot make you like Razor. You want to be like Razor? You got to do like Razor. You just take whatever you want. You got a problem with me taking whatever I want? No, you go for and if there's anybody else who don't like me taking whatever I want in the WWF, we're going to have a really big problem, Chico. Would have been funny if he had grabbed a lemon. 
Also, uh, also, Carlito ripped off that bit. <laughs> All right, couple things about this vignette. Number couple, one, couple, three things. Yes, couple, three things. Number one. Did you notice all the people in the background just kept, like, looking directly at the camera? <laughs> they were all, like, trying. It was, like, clearly they didn't tell any of the people in the audience, hey, we're filming something here, so just ignore the camera. Every single person, like, was staring dead into the camera and not doing anything. So it wasn't like, you know, and it, it wasn't any of those morning zip trips where you see people uh, behind all the people, you know, making fight. The other thing, do you yeah. think anybody, do you think he was, he, he has a pretty very believable uh, Latino Cuban accent. I wonder if anybody ever called him out in, during any of these vignettes, like any of the people on the street. Like, buddy, you're not a real friggin' uh, Mexican, you know, so. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Scott Hall's a pretty big fucking dude, and I don't yeah. think anybody is gonna screw with him in that sort no. of way. However, about the people looking at the camera, I think they were more looking at Razor, and Razor is in the line towards ah. the kid. So... I mean, there's a big dude walking around getting filmed at the farmer's market or whatever. And, and to, close the, to close the Pujols loop, uh, Pujols translated is, means hills. Oh. Yeah. Albert Hills. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Cybergenic. There we are at the Metal Gun Mall. I mean, his real name's not Albert Pujols, you know. His real name is Jose Alberto Pujols Alcantara. Oh. I, for some reason, I'm so prepared now for Sopranos crap, I thought you were going to say that his name his name was actually Joey Peeps. <laughs> oh, Atari Lynx, the Batman game. Uh, well, I, I'm, dis I'm disappointed that I didn't say Joey Peeps. That's, I fucked up on that, but I apologize. You're going to fuck everything up. Oh! Uh, no! No! You gotta want it! You gotta want it! Don't WBF Body Star! Now at its new time, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock, for the very best and latest information on health and fitness. You gotta want it! Turn that off. <laughs> it would have been really funny if he said, now when it's new time, Friday nights at 10. Because <laughs> that's like, you know, this time no one's watched television. Well, yeah, that, that, that death slot. But they, they sure as hell weren't getting Friday night at 10 on the USA Network when you had the uh, Up All Night program. Mm, with, uh, with, or... with, with Gilbert Gottfried and that hot piece of ass, Ronda Shear. <laughs> WrestleMania 10 celebrity Ronda, Ronda Shear. <laughs> I wish that the Body Stars theme was released as a separate song. Like, why didn't that? Why didn't that show up on WWF Forcible Entry or some shit? Go for it! Go for it! Go for! Go for it! Go for it! Scotty Too Hotty and Phil Apollo are the opponents for the Beverly Brothers. I mean, the other reason why we got to accelerate out of 92 is is I'm a little tired of trying to think of things to talk about the Beverly Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just wondering. I'm just waiting to see another uh, Suicide Shaker Heights, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, some of those that they did to the enhancements looked pretty horrific. And I have mentioned how Lanny was not particularly uh, happy with uh, 
with, with the way that the enhancement guys were being treated by his charges. Of course. Yeah. The, the one good thing, though, is we'll get an inset promo, and hopefully it'll be from the Beverly Brothers so that Lanny will say something. And that goes double for you, Ellering. <laughs> Even though he Double. never said, even though he never said that, I choose to believe that at one time he must have said. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to make it like the Virgil "Mama said knock you out" promo, but I am saying that as well. He had to say it the first time. It had to be, and that goes. What does he say? And that goes for you too. Yes. No. He said double. Definitely double. said double the first. Goes triple. He said double at least once, and that goes quadruple for you, Ellering. Mm. Looks like Scott Taylor is going to be eating the pin here because he just took the tag into the ring. It's amazing. Which of these guys is going to be in 2000 WWF? <laughs> the guy getting um, butterfly suplex there. Mm. I don't even think the referee made it to, to 2000. <laughs> Was that Danny Davis? I couldn't see. Um, is it? Da- no, I don't think it's Danny Davis. We saw, saw him a little bit. Of, no, it's definitely not him. I don't know who that is. I don't recognize that guy. Here it is. Here's Shaker Heights. Shaker Heights Spike. The Shaker Heights suicide. There it is. Yeah. Ah, come on, Vince. (laughs) Yeah. As you explained to your car, the guys at the cigar shop, the Road Warriors were a horrible tag team and should have been used as enhancement guys. No, you didn't say that. But (laughs) I mean, I'll be like. Okay, if I'm gonna I'm gonna do this right now while we're while the end of the show is happening, I'm yeah. gonna go through and look at the results for '92, and see if there's at one point, at any point, did the Beverly Brothers actually defeat the LOD, even by like countouts. Are you gonna count any of the uh, LOD matches where it was Animal and Crush? No. Oh. Okay, sure. Huh. You know, I, I know that I just said three minutes ago that I'm sick of these guys, but I really enjoy Bloom and Enos. I, I really do. Enos? <laughs> Mike Enos. Bloom and Enos? Yeah. Mike Enos was in the ring for one of the most famous moments in wrestling history. <laughs> he was. He was. Cannot, cannot stress that enough. You're not wrong. Hmm. To see a fireworks display of action Monday night, July 20th at the Worcester Centrum when the former prison guard, the big boss man, steps into the ring with the ex-convict Nails. Right now, let's take a look at an appalling incident that nearly cost the former prison guard his career. That's got to be the man! All right, they're, they're showing the fucking thing that we just showed during the uh, update segment. And I said to you earlier, and I think I said to other people, like, they are playing this the way... SNL did the buckwheat has been shot thing in the early 80s where it's like mm. if you haven't seen the video like okay. here it is yes <laughs> buckwheat is dead <laughs> the legendary star of the little rascals was shot by an unknown assailant upon leaving 30 Rockefeller Plaza tonight for those of you who haven't had a chance to see the actual footage <laughs> let's take a look oh beautiful as you can see here buckwheat is surrounded by some of his admirers he had many and right here, the yes. shots, yes, there they are. The shots are actually ringing out. You can see here his security men run for cover. There they go. 
Buckwheat's untimely death has shocked us all. Tributes to Buckwheat, the man and the performer, have been pouring in from all around the world. Well, he was one of the best we had. Uh, maybe the best American actor in this century. This is really funny. Tough. <laughs> Henry Kissinger. Nancy and I feel that we have lost a close and dear friend. All right, that's it. So on on the SNL, they kept playing that through the show. This was back when SNL was funny and would actually connect things from segment to segment instead of running a fucking 27-minute uh, minute long Californians thing where you just wanted everybody to fucking die a minute and a half in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> but instead we're doing that with the boss man, getting his shit kicked out of him by, by, Hulk, by Hulk Hogan's proxy. But it, this is weird. Usually they don't go to the event center and show highlights of stuff, but they're doing not only are they doing it, they're doing it for the second time of the same highlight in the same show. <laughs> By the way, I've I, I've completed my uh, 1992 research of LOD versus the Beverly Brothers. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Beverly Brothers had zero wins. <laughs> versus the Legion of Doom, hmm. uh, including those six-man tag matches where Legion of Doom and Paul Ellering would face the Beverly Brothers and the Genius. Like, they didn't even let Paul Ellering every once in a while eat a pin, like, you know, from something where, like, maybe LOG got knocked out and they were outside and there was a triple team on Paul Ellering. I mean, shit, I'm even looking at this one match here where it says the Legion of Doom and Rocco defeated the Beverly Brothers and uh, the Genius. So even Rocco got a pin over the Genius. My, my kingdom for a result that reads as follows. The Beverly Brothers and the Genius defeated the Legion of Doom and Paul Ellering in 412 when the Genius pinned Hawk. <laughs> because it's just funny. Even the fucking Bushwhackers who are substituting for the Legion of Doom on the July 23rd, 1992 show at the Thomas and Mack Center in Vegas defeated the Beverly Brothers. Mm. However, and I guess this is, you could say this might be it, the next day at the America West Arena in Phoenix, July 24th, 1992, the Beverly Brothers did defeat the Bushwhackers who were substituting for the Legion of Doom. So perhaps the Legion of Doom were being written in to lose that show. Yeah. No. Well, also, Hawk Hawk was being uh, a very erratic around this time, which is which is why he disappears for a while. All right, are you ready for the nails promo? Because I got to warn you, it might be the same promo that it's always been. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm ready. Well, who's the boss now, boss man? We already established that it was Angela. Thank you. How is she not the boss? It's her fucking household. Didn't we say we were going to watch something else this week as a palate cleanser? Well, <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's let's get through nails first. You know what? Uh, I'm going to make them a little bit. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give them a little. Give, um, yeah. Give, give them the Hogan treatment. 
I'm going to torture you for the rest of your life, and now you're going to serve hard time, boss man. It appears the ex-convict has launched a manhunt of his own. He faces the former prison guard Monday night, July 20th. <laughs> Mooney at one and a half times speed is kind of fun. Do you know that in all of 1992, mm-hmm. the Legion of Doom only lost one match? And it was August 23rd, 1992, at the War Memorial in Rochester, where the Nasty Boys and the Mounties defeated LOD and Sergeant Slaughter. When Slaughter was pinned... Well, they lost the titles, so they had to have lost that match. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did lose one. <laughs> so they lost two matches in the entirety of 1992. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yes. Oh. So, so you, you, really want to, you really want to do the Just the Ten of Us theme? Yeah. Uh, I think we have to. Th- this is our tradition now. This, this is our calling, is whenever there's a Nails promo... And even if it's the same fucking Nails promo, we're going to watch a TV theme. We're going to break it down. So we have YouTube video, classic TV theme, just the 10 of us. Okay, hold on a minute, though. Okay, so we got to, because we got to start right from the beginning. (laughs) So as we know, just the 10 of us is a spinoff of Growing Pains, right? right? And as we know, Growing Pains was a show in the 80s that took pay, that took place in where did they live in long island yeah okay so they lived in long island uh, oh they lived in huntington oh, yeah huntington okay so mm-hmm. we have to assume that this coach here right. uh, is he looks like he's living currently in i'm going to say this is somewhere in one of the other boroughs Maybe Queens, because that's attached to Long Island, because it looks like it's a brownstone. And they're moving from the brownstone, which is really funny. I think they have to stick fucking ten people in a brownstone in Queens, <laughs> but okay. All right, so they're in there. What kind of a car is that? That looks like it's a 1985 uh, Ford Wagoneer, maybe? I don't know. Something All right, like so, that. So let's see what happens. Okay, here we go. Yeah. One thing, one thing. Yeah, they're, they're they're driving, and it's it's kind of like Sopranos, but we don't get to actually see uh, uh, Kirchenbauer uh, smoking no. a cigar. And it would have been funny if he had his whole family in the car and he's just smoking a cigar. <laughs> but by the way, I'll I'll coach him by I'll call him by his gimmick name, uh, Coach Graham T. Lubbock. Um, so now they're driving from Queens to Eureka, California. That's right. Okay. We're, I mean, this all sounds very familiar. However, I think the Karate Kid did it better in that they did the part where the the, the, the neighborhood kids chase the car down the street as they pull yeah. away. We didn't get any of that yeah. shit here. You think any of these been... ten? You think any of these eight kids would have enough friends that one of them would show up to say goodbye? Well, at the very least, since it was a spinoff of an already successful show, you would have thought that we would have saw like Mike Seaver and Bonus to Bone like running after them. Nope, none of that. Yeah, Alan, Alan Thick was a little busy uh, pulling down some tail. <laughs> Maybe there were some there were some blurred lines there. I know that's the ben. other thing. Ben. <laughs> Alan, Alan Thick knows a little bit about TV themes because he wrote the fucking different strokes theme. I, I don't think know he if you wrote know that. The theme. I did. I think he also wrote the Growing Pains theme, and he probably wrote the Just the Ten of Us theme. Hmm. I'll have, I'll have to check into that. 
If I can stay on the ball, take it minute by minute. I just might make the Hall of Fame. What Hall of Fame? Like, what? Like, coaching fucking high school sports in rural California? No, I think he's talking about the WWF Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what? Is he going to be one of those assholes? Well, if Coco's in, I should be in, too. If Coco's in. You know, you know, you know that Kirchenbauer was, uh, uh, if if I remember correctly, he was. Um, I think he had something to do with Captain Underpants. If oh. I'm if I'm not mistaken, I thought you were going to tell me that um, Kirchenbauer was actually was was one of the masked assassins. That's what I thought you were going to tell me. That's what I, you know. I thought that Bill Kirch Bill Kirchenbauer had something. And you know, I, I could have done I could have done prep work here. He and I, I could what? He had something. He had he, something all right. He did he did a different thing. Okay. Yeah. He was on Mork and Mindy. Do you know that you know that he was born in Austria? That's weird. <laughs> so was so was Schwarzenegger. Apparently he didn't get the same he didn't get the same uh, career as Schwarzenegger. Well, they do have similar builds. Kurtzbauer and Schwarzenegger, they would often get confused for each other. Yes. Yes. Um, I believe I believe Kirchenbauer is uh, best well known for uh, playing Coach Lubbock, uh, but he was also you are correct. He was also um, on uh, Oh, he played he played coach Graham Bullock on Clueless. So apparently he was typecast as a coach. Um, oh my God, there's a lot of shit on here where he's listed as coach. Wow, that poor guy. Are you serious? Oh, what a shame. <laughs> they they he only had that one outfit, the coach outfit. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I got I gotta be getting it confused with something else. Like it, I, don't, yeah. I don't I don't think it was. Uh, I, I don't think Kirchenbauer was in uh, was Captain Underpants. It was one of those that. Oh, excuse me. It was Captain Glucose. Excuse. Oh, was that what it is? I had, oh. I, had, I had the wrong captain. He was Captain Glucose in the Diabetes Duo, or Diabetes ah, or Di- Diabetes Duo. I like the fact that he was in one episode of uh, Night Court back <laughs> in 1985. Mm. So. <laughs> Do you know I have the first se- first season DVD of Night Court? <laughs> it's one of the most random things that I own. I feel like when they finally when they finally debut the new rebooted Night Court, um, I want to watch it with you. I, I feel like you and I should get together and we should watch that show. Just if it's just the pre- just the, the premiere of the new show, I just want to watch it only for the only for the 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 moment that. Uh, Dan Fielding shows up, and you and I can just plots because we'll be so excited that Dan Fielding is back on. Hmm, I've given that. I've given it a little bit of thought, and um, no, <laughs> uh, it, yeah. My <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not even looking at your uh, your screen, by the way. So that's a no go. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if you're if you're waiting for something to happen, I'm not gonna. I'm not noticing it. So. Right. Right. Um, all right. So we still have to run fully to the house. All right. Well, now so, now he's he's pulled into the house. Sixteen seconds it took him across the country. I mean, this house is huge. So good for the coach, man. Yeah. Well, I guess property values in California weren't quite. Uh... By the by the way, how the fuck is he doing this on a coach's salary? 
Who, where's he skimming? Where's his skim operation? Well, he's probably, yeah, he's definitely shaving points <laughs> in a high school basketball game. You know, Carmine Lupatazzi was the one that invented that, you know. Well, you know, anytime, anytime Coach, um, Coach uh, Graham, uh, <laughs> why do I, Graham Lubbock, anytime yeah. he gets involved in a project, he stays in it till the end. Because that guy d- never fucking pulled out of anything. I, no. can, I can assure you, although he did, <laughs> he, he, he did, he did uh, have some nice pieces of ass in that family. And I, I, Cal- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I know that they're under 18 and I sound like a Memphis wrestler, but I'm talking about as they evolved. Yes. Eureka, California is like way up there. Yeah, like that's above San Francisco. It's above, I believe, even Sacramento. That's like way the fuck up there. That's basically friggin' Oregon. Yeah, if he's <laughs> living city California, he's not getting that much. Li- it's like the Forrest Gump house for Christ's sakes. Seriously, I think Jenny's fucking buried under that tree over there. I think so. The great Deborah Harmon. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this song was this song was performed by Bill Medley, so it was not Alan Thicke. Well, he had the time of his life doing this, which led to the song. T- oh wait, he had already recorded that. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited because they're in the kitchen, and I, th- there's a lot of kids here, so they get they're gonna do something where they spill sugar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they sp- at the time. At- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, at the time, Heather Langenkamp was probably the biggest celebrity, it, like the biggest star in this show, because mm-hmm. she had had some success with Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. I mean, none of the other people are even of note at this she, point. She's the first build kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had to be. I think she's also the oldest, but she's the first build kid because she's the, she's the biggest star on the show. Yeah, well, you know what the NFL stands for? Stands for not for long, Heather Langenkamp, because you're going to get surpassed by a couple of the others. Ah, oh, Jamie Lunar. Yeah, Jamie Lunar, who was, who was probably the hottest of all the sisters. Um, and again, this is coming from you and I at this point are, what, seven so we're seven years old. We're just starting to come into our sexuality. <laughs> no, we're, no, we're, no, we're like t- we're like ten. This is like eighty nine. Oh. oh, I thought this was eighty six. Um, okay, so eighty nine. Mm-hmm. So all right, so we're definitely coming into our sexuality. We're starting to recognize hot women and you know boobies and things like that. So I would say Jamie Lerner at the time was really hot for us at our age. Yeah, except that they did have a kid who actually was our age. Yeah, but, but she's not that attractive. Well, so. yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. Now, Brooke, Brooke, Brooke Dice and yeah. Jamie Lunar is is kind of the Ginger Marianne uh, question of the day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would probably, even though we know blondes have more fun, I would probably have gone with uh, Jamie Lunar only because, I don't know, there's something just, I, I just didn't think Brooke, Brooke Dice was that attractive compared to the other sister. Um, of course, I always was a big fan of Heather Langenkamp because she was the nerd, and I went, you know what nerds are like? You know, they really know how to fucking get it on, you know? I, I'd go with Jamie Lunar because I think Brooke Dice looks stuck up. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's just the impression. It's the yeah, impression that, again, me, 
I agree with you. I don't think Brooke Dice is going to give you or I the time of day. She might give the time of day to Bar Chris, which would be another reason why I would have hated her, because she would have gone after Bar Chris, and I would that would have drove me crazy. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you on this. Jo- Joanne Willette, uh, she, she's no still... one was going for Joanne. Well, she's like the tomboy one. So <laughs> she's still she's still looking for her first kiss, even all these years later. So <laughs> <laughs> how how dare you make fun of Connie Lubbock? <laughs> Joanne Willette reminds me of uh, the girl in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that turns blue. Um, I thought I thought you were gonna say the girl in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory who turns heel. <laughs> she I don't remember me, any, they booked heel turns and <laughs> she reminds me of Violet Beauregard. Like look up real quickly, do a Google search of Violet Beauregard. That Jesus, it could have been the same actress. I gotta look that up. Is it the same actress? <laughs> um I don't know, Keith, but um <laughs> Eh, you know, it's entirely possible. I'm but gonna the, look this up right now. But but, not, but I think I believe the answer is no. Yeah. Not the new one. Hold on. Um, hold on. It's Willy Wonka. I don't know if it, I don't know if you know this, but uh, uh, Raul Dahl, uh, yes, the author, uh, mm-hmm. w- w- was once a booker for World of Sport. I, I just I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> All right. So it's not the same. <laughs> what? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, oh, uh, that's a shame. The girl that played Violet Beauregard is dead. She died. Oh. She died in 2019. Her name was Denise Nickerson. Um, she is not the same girl. Um, yeah. So that's good to know. But let's see. What has Joanne Willette? Ha- what has she done in the last uh, 30 years? Let's see. <laughs> you I'm gonna, get- I'm gonna- I'm going to tell you right now. We're spending way too much fucking time no, on jo- no. jo- Joanne Willette. No, we're not. Joanne Willette, oh, she actually got really more attractive in her later years. Um, oh, she's in real, she was the girl at the science fair in Real Genius. She so was what, also on A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, interesting. What, what you're saying is you should have been in on Joanne Willette and buy low here in 89. No shit, and, cause she yeah. turned into quite a hottie later in life. So oh, my mistakes to Joanne Willette. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll draft your letter of apology to her on, on the proper letterhead uh, after we're done recording here. Because, <laughs> because as, as I said, we've spent way too much time on Joanne Willette. Now, Matt Shackman, who's the one boy. I have nothing to say about this character. No, my, my theory on him is that I bet him and the kid who played DJ and Roseanne were going up for a lot of the same roles, and both of them would get turned down for them. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, my, that's my theory. Uh, uh, what is... Oh, he went on to do... Oh, he went on to do... Oh, wow, he directed, like, nine episodes of WandaVision, which was a recent big hit on uh, Disney+. Plus. He also directed some episodes of It's Always Sunny... Um, you're the wor- wow. He's apparently like a big time director. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. Well, listen. Hmm. Oh, he's got shit. He's gonna direct the upcoming Star Trek sequel. Wow, Matt Sha- Shakeman, Shakeman, Shakeman. <laughs> All right. When we're done, when we <laughs> look at this fucking guy. <laughs> when we're done with Willette's apology letter, we'll we'll draft one for Shakeman as well, and we'll I'm both dra- we'll both sign it. I'm gonna draft a fucking thing where it says this guy's the man. Look at him. 
<laughs> Who's the man? Well, he's the man now. Now that Vader's dead. Seriously. <laughs> None of them are spilling shit in the kitchen. This is very annoying. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I didn't like that Heidi Ziegler was like, I don't like it when there's eight kids and two of them are nerds. No, you can't have that. Heidi Ziegler was like another nerd. Like, no, no, no. You can't have Heather Langenkamp and then have Heidi Ziegler. It doesn't work that way. No, I can't have that No, you can't. You can't. Like, Heidi Ziegler should have been. I know they wouldn't have done this for the show because, you know, it's, it's kind of like a Christian-based show. But, like, she should have been a goth kid, you know? <laughs> Oh, so you think they, they should have turned Heidi heel at a certain point? Absolutely. Uh, by the way, her, 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 her gimmick name was Sherry. So Yeah. And she's the one who was born the same year as us. So oh. She's four and a half weeks older than me. Oh, well, happy birthday. She would later go on to appear on the television program Drexel's Class, starring the incomparable Dabney Coleman. Although that was Dabney Coleman at about the 2019 Albert Pujols section of his career. Get the hell out of here. Don't you fucking dare. There is no such thing as a 2019 run of Dabney Coleman's career. That fucking guy could star in anything. It would be fabulous. What I'm just saying is Coleman from like 81 to 85 was bringing the heat in everything that he was in. But when you burn that yes. hot, it can't last forever. He, it's still going strong. I dare you to find something Dabney Coleman's done after 1985 that is not just balls to the wall. <laughs> Don't answer that question. He, had, he was he in had, hot to trot. He had Don't such answer a good, that question. <laughs> he had such a good run and such a sustained push that Dave Meltzer in the Hollywood Observer named... The, the Dabney Coleman push as 1985's most disgusting Hollywood tactic. Listen, I don't care who you are. I fucking love short time more than anything else in this world. Like in 1990, it's such a great movie, short time. I'm going to see, can I watch it on television today? <laughs> Why don't you go outside for a little bit, huh? <laughs> Why don't you take, why don't you sit the next few plays out? Yeah, or I want to watch. I want breadstick. <laughs> yeah, I, seriously, I need to do a fucking back to back of uh, of of the Dabney Coleman movies, and it's gonna be maybe Modern Problems, because uh, I don't want to watch Nine to Five. We've all seen Nine to Five more than enough, but um, it's either gonna be Modern Problems or it probably will end up being Cloak and Dagger, and then Short Time. But mm. you know, we still got more kids. I forgot uh, <sighs> okay. that. Uh, that uh, little Jr. isn't the only um, no okay All boy. Right, oh wait, the twins haven't been born yet. No, oh, they're, they're, oh, there they are. They just aren't billed. Okay. Now, what were your thoughts on uh, what was her name? The mom, Debbie uh, something De or other. Deborah Harmon. Yeah. What were your thoughts on her? Like, as far as like. Was she, a, you know, like a hot mom back in the day? I would say she ranked up there. But watching this show, I look at her and I'm just like, honey, let's have a little bit more self-respect. You, 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 you shit out eight kids from this ugly looking bald guy. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> you, have you ever heard of you like, shit out eight kids? <laughs> like, I know. 
I know you're Catholic and everything, but have you ever heard of the rhythm method or at least, you know, fucking anal? Jesus. I mean, eight kids? God. I mean, if anything, they should have been doing that new modern thing that uh, Mormon kids are doing, which is where they just, you know, they put it in and they just sit there. They don't move, and then they consider it they're still virgins. That's like a new thing. I forget what it's called. It's not called docking. It's called something else. Well, I heard something about, like, the, the evangelical loophole. Yeah. I think I think this might have been something that was talked about in one of my infamous Zoom calls with my friends during 2020. Is the, oh, uh, okay. The evangelical loophole, which is, is what you think it is. <laughs> There's, Graham probably made a lot of visits to the hospital. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Can I get the, uh, can I get the current affair music real quick? Uh, oh, God. You got some breaking news for us? I got breaking news. Yes. All right. Hold on. Current affair. Calling that up right now. Where are you? Come on. Oh, okay. All right. We're we're actually we have to go we have to go to a special correspondent. Uh Lord Al? Lord yeah. Al, are you there? Oh yes! Hello, Pete Keith, I wanted to tell you that um the word you're looking for is called soaking. Um <laughs> it's also called marinating or floating. Um, it's very important. It's something that a lot of people are doing these days, where it's a sexual practice of inserting a penis into the woman's vagina, but not subsequently thrusting. Um, it's basically a loophole that the Mormon church uses in the prohibitation of premarital intercourse. Um, so if any of you friends out there on a Saturday, Sunday night are looking for a good time, but you don't necessarily want to take the cherry of your, of your girlfriend, you can perform the act of soaking, and it's a beautiful, wonderful thing to do, and uh, make sure you do it often and all the time. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you, Al. <laughs> Thanks, Al. That's that was, wow. It, All right, so it has it has occurred to me that that clearly Gra Graham Lubbock did not practice soaking at all. In fact, he was he was soaking wet is what he was. But the other thing is, this guy is I mean, either he was the most virile guy in history, or mm -hmm. His dick was so big it would go all the way up into the uterus, and it would be it would be like an empty net goal every time. Christ for a cracker! How about that, huh? <laughs> Christ on a gram, love it, cracker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we get the little um, we are family things with the four girls singing. Uh, yeah, they, they tried to get that going, but as everybody knows. Uh, just the ten of us was canceled after two seasons, as not because the show's ratings suffered or anything yeah. else, but because of network dirty network politics. It is kind of a classic example of of a yeah. network network politics getting a show canceled. Of course, yeah. there's also the factor of you you pay you paying a lot of cast here. I mean, when, this is the thing you run into when you have a show with a huge family and it's a yeah. sitcom. It's a sitcom. You gotta mm -hmm. pay. You gotta pay all of them, and they all got egos. And Heather Langenkamp probably doesn't like that she's getting deep pushed. She's doing a lot of jobs for her sisters. Yeah, deep pushed. <laughs> she's a, she's not even at the IC level anymore. No. Oh, 
Look at that. They're Look. making out. They're making out in the yard. For God's sake. They're starting. They're starting on fucking babies number eleven and twelve. These people are rabbits. For God's sakes. <laughs> what the hell? Just the twelve of us. I'm surprised they don't like go into the uh, engine of my mother's car and start screwing like those rabbits that live near her house. I thought you were gonna say like that's. They didn't spill anything in the kitchen. I was a little upset about that. Oh, we get the closing, the closing credits. Yeah, but this is on an episode that we didn't watch, so we don't really know what the deal is. Oh, I know what went. Oh, 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 the the fire, whatever happened there. How can you not love this quality guitar guitar saxophone Seriously, combo? Did they get friggin' Eddie Van Halen to come in and do this? And then we got Mick Foley at the end for the Grunzelman Sullivan Marshall production <laughs> thing where he falls off the roof of the house. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> he falls off the roof of the house. He was trying to fix the antenna. Yeah. Distributed by Warner Brothers. All right, we've 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 cleansed the nails palette now. Back to wrestling. <laughs> also, two incredible tag team battles will erupt that night. The Ultimate Warrior and The Undertaker will collide with Papa Shango and The Berserker. And Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair will battle it out with the Intercontinental title holder, Bret the Hitman Hart, and the World Wrestling Federation champion, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Monday night, July 20th at the Worcester Centrum. You know, that's kind of like a big mega show right there. That's like they had some two serious big main event tag teams. Yeah, and they... Uh, not so. A TV taping, you gotta load it up because you want everything to look full, you know. Oh, that's right. It's a TV taping. That's that's why. That's right. I mean that that show probably lasted forever. I mean, probably. You know, our our our, dear, our close personal longtime friend Mike Crockett was uh, was uh, probably uh, refereeing at that. Show? Well, no, no, he was at that show. <laughs> He he appears on camera on the August twenty second Superstars, so I guess. Does he really? Yeah, we might have to watch that one, so I can point it out to you. Okay. Do, do you know that our friend Bar Chris and Mike Crockett know each other from way back? Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Ask Bar ask Bar Chris about that later when we uh okay. when we see him at Applebee's. Yes. Yes. I know, right? I, I, we're going. I like that we're going out for dinner for his birthday to Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, Kelly and I had already planned to go to Szechuan Garden across the street and have cocktails, and it's like, well, I guess that's out. This is regular. Got to find out what show that um, that Brett and uh, Macho Man, the the man versus the boys match, uh, aired on, because it definitely aired in. Um, in 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 some country. Oh, it, it, the French the French version of Superstars, September twenty third, ninety two. So I had it wrong. I said French Wrestling Challenge, which is probably a thing that doesn't exist. It relieves pain, tension, and water weight gain. Pamperin, period relief, not just pain relief. All right, I've been watching Mad Men recently. Mad Men. Um. Uh, they're running. They're running uh, <laughs> menstrual cramp relief ads on wrestling. Now I know sure. that there's a there's a female audience there, but you really think that they're ponying up for this demographic? For this? Yeah, that, that's a, there's a female contingent in wrestling. Tendonitis. Yeah, I guess. Cool it. But it it seems so out of like. 
character from all the other ads. Who are you to judge? Well, now we get ads for Icy Hot with some elderly people golfing. They probably run the same ad on NXT now, given the demographics that that show draws. Oh, it's one of those uh, before and way before uh, ads for New England Associates hair. Does this guy ever stop breaking balls? You know, I looked in the mirror every day for two years and spreading the hair, you know, checking it out. Brian chose the hair replacement method that was right for his active lifestyle. You can find out which hair replacement method is right for you by calling New England Associates for their new brochure. You'll meet other clients and see the replacement methods they chose. That's not even the same guy. Come on. Come on, huh? Do you know that that a kid, well, I shouldn't say a kid, he's our age, but a guy that I went to high school with is like, he's one of like the leading hair replacement doctors in the Boston area. <laughs> I can I can buy that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really funny because his 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 company advertises a lot on um WEI, which is the sports oh, yeah, radio yeah. network here. But it's just really it's Matt Lapresti and it's just I find it so funny. Oh right, yeah. Like, well, WEI might not be long for this world as a sports radio station if you catch my drift. So you better run those ads real quick. Aww. Call now, 1-800-453-5400. That's 1-800-453-5400. Manchester Wakefield, Natick. Oh. Oh, okay. Hmm. I like how all four of those places are extremely inconvenient for me. Like, Manchester is probably the closest one, and it's 40 minutes away. <laughs> I mean, Natick... Oh. Natick's well, an easy drive for you, though. Yeah, but you're not losing your hair. You still have a beautiful head of hair on you. Yeah, I know. Well, Unlike well, me. <laughs> I, I just did the uh, Carmine Jr. sign of the cross yeah. know, on that. Cause Whatever happened never, there? You never know what, what tomorrow might bring. Whatever happened here? Which, by the way, speaking of which, I don't know if I uh, went over this since the last podcast we did. But the fact that Carmine Jr. shows up in Mad Men as the doorman at Don Draper's building, I knew I recognized him from somewhere. And then it just hit me when I looked it up. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And you got really excited. Yeah. Sophia. (laughs) Sylvia Rosen, whatever happened there. Whatever happened there. The Legion of Doom. All right, well, that's the lineup of a show that we're not going to be watching. Be- because well, good, because it looked like it had nails and LOD, and I'm all set with both of those fucking acts. And a rare appearance from Money, Inc. in 1992. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, well, that was a thing that happened. I mean, what, what you know, we're going to have to be tighter if we do a prime time, because we, we, can't, we can't sit here for four hours. All right, are we going to get another Nails promo in that prime time? Who knows? It's entirely possible. Well, if, as, long as, we don't get a, as long as we don't get a Nails promo, we should be okay. What, you don't enjoy the 25-minute detour where we talk about Joanne Willette? <laughs> Come on, huh? I mean, I'm just trying to see if there's a way for us to speed things up a little bit. Well, yeah, I guess. You know me. I would like to help <laughs> you out. Thank you, yes. I was... Again, I'm 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 a little bit slow, but uh, you know me. Uh, you know me. I would like to help you out. <laughs> Is that Paulie or Sam Martino? I can't I yeah. can't tell the difference anymore. Yeah. You know me. I would like to help you out. All right. 
So the lineup of the July 20th, 92 primetime, which if you had gone to that show at the Worcester Centrum, you would have completely missed the show uh, of episode of primetime. Natural Disasters versus the Beverly Brothers in a uh, SummerSlam preview. Uh, they announced the SummerSlam main event. Okay. I thought that we already, you know. I don't know. Sarge, uh, Sergeant Slaughter versus Richie Rich. Oh, boy. Now Slaughter is reduced to fought off a ca- uh, cartoon characters. <laughs> Another Razor vignette, so we won't miss one of those. Tatanka versus Kato, which is confusing because Tatanka looks like Tanaka. And if it was Tanaka versus Kato, it would be the Orient Express explodes. Tanaka versus Tanaka versus Tanaka Kantana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, preview of a match from WrestleFest '92. Whatever, whatever happened there. So t- by the way, Tatanka's debut match on TV was against Pat Tanaka. Just oh. to drive home that point. Oh boy. Skinner versus Jason Knight. Interview with Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. I'm assuming that's on the platform. Mm-hmm. Crush versus Bob Bradley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett versus Martel for the IC title. Okay. Papa Shango versus Ross Greenberg. Okay. Interview with the boss uh, man. Okay, all right. On the, that's on the platform. All right, that's okay. Money Inc. versus High Energy. Yep. Uh, British Bulldog versus Big Vito, then known okay. as Skull Von Cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, an event center where it says uh, promos by Kamala, Whippleman, and Kimchi, then Crush. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Nails versus Tony Roy. All right, so okay, all right, so I'll give you this: we can watch this, and I will try not to drift too much into sleep when we get to Nails, and then hopefully Look at we can this fucking lineup, right? And hopefully we can get through this with pain, with as little pain as possible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, we could probably skip Crush versus Bob Bradley. <laughs> What if it was Crush versus Boo Radley? That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping. That I'd want to stick around for. <laughs> it'd be a uh, it'd be a death match. Yes. <laughs> so I kept saying that the Ric Flair match was it was actually a Tennessee death match. It was just going to be coincidental, though. Because <laughs> yeah. apparently, when Flair was in the figure four at a certain point and was laying there for an uncomfortable amount of time. You know that thing ran 36 minutes from his entrance to the end? <sighs> yeah. And the problem with doing the tag team matches, you want Andrade to do all the work, but you can't do it that way because people came to see Flair. So if right. Andrade's working 32 minutes out of the match, then people would be pissed off. I mean, I saw some highlights of like Flair doing the chop and he looked so old like that's what i'm saying is like who was really excited it, it would have been better if he had just gone in and he was like accompanying uh, although they wouldn't have done anything it wouldn't have matter like that's not a big deal you know like having him accompany a guy it's just i don't know i just look at that and i look at it, it's kind of like the andre match where he's tagging with uh is he tagging with is it it's with anoki is it anoki or is it is it giant baba like who, what was that tag match that he was in it was uh, uh, Andre, Baba, and somebody else. Yeah, and it's just, that's what I look at, and I go, that's like what it is. It's just, he looks old, he looks out of shape, he looked terrible, he's blading 
thing. Like, come on, man. You know? Yeah. Leave him alone. Anyway. Uh, what, what, can you really, what can you really say about it? Nothing. You can't say anything. But listen, we've said it all. <laughs> we got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. <laughs> Thank you, Cal. Yeah. Just remember, in Andre's last tour in Mexico is where he <laughs> shit all over Bad News Brown. So just remember that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh about that, but the fact that he took a shit on a guy named Bad News Brown—I mean—is so hysterical. It's almost like Andre's greatest rib. I really <laughs> wish. I really wish Bad News Brown hadn't died. Like that's the that's a fucking tragedy that he died because I feel like Bad News Brown, the man, would have been awesome for like. Because when you watch his shoot interviews, he's like the nicest. Being alive, and yeah. I feel like I feel like he would have been fantastic for like podcasting. Like I would have much rather listened to him than Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bad bad news. Bad news always entertained me. But oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the headlines on that day were some bad news. Brown for bad news. Brown. <laughs> uh, uh, Andre Andre's turds were so big he actually was legally required to name them <laughs> before he flushed the toilet. All right. All right. All right, I'm running out of steam here. I love it. <laughs> I got I got to edit this before we go to Applebee's, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> got got to got to do that. It's nice and air conditioned in here. All right, good. All right. So Thank you, thank you all for listening. And please, if you've enjoyed this thing of ours, mm-hmm. that um, well, you know what the deal is, right? Yeah. Uh, right, Phil. Phil will tell you. You don't ever admit the existence of this thing. Exactly. <laughs> Why, you know, go go two weeks without a show, and that's and that and it's fine. But leave a five star review at Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever fine podcast reviews are accepted. Because it provides us no social proof that you are listening to and enjoying this podcast. And uh, I am on Twitter at GF Allentown Pod. Keith is on Twitter at Flounder824. Mm-hmm. And uh, email is, uh, of course, greetingspellantown at gmail.com. Anything, anything else? <laughs> any any more Joanne Willette thoughts you want to get out there? No Joanne, no Joanne Willette thoughts. Um, I just want to say, uh, you know, to all of those who are listening out there right now, um, whatever happened there, and uh, <laughs> just know it's good to have you back from uh, Nashville. I was a little scared. I was a little concerned that you may never come back from Kentucky uh, because it took you so long to drive through it. But I'm well, glad you're here now. Yeah, I had to stop at the, uh, the what, what's it called, the soap, sock and suds or whatever. Well, when you stopped at when you when you stopped at uh, was it Buckner, Kentucky, and yeah. I asked you if you let the ball go through your legs. I thought that was uh, that was that was that was very fair. I, I I all I was making a point was to not say I shot the clerk at, at all times. Like I I know that that'll get you in trouble in certain areas of the country, and I know it's not Alabama. But Kentucky, Alabama, it's it's all the same at this point. <laughs> you know, they sleep with their sisters. Kentucky, well, some, of them, well, some of them do. Kentucky's Alabama with better bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, 
Anyway, thank, thank you so thank you so much for uh, thank thank you to all the listeners out there, or as I call you, just the ten of us. <laughs> all right, end the show. Tornado off. Tune in next time for another exciting edition. GFA Live. Turn that off.